and gentlemen, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. To the Hagman Report. It's good to be with each and every one of you. First up, first right out of the gate, did the DNC, Hillary Rodham Clinton uh, operatives, set up the administration of Donald Trump by using a company, an opposition research company, Fusion GPS, uh, to, well, to, to set up the uh, Trump administration uh, to uh, to get them in a compromising position. Later, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be having, uh, checking in with us, Jack Vasovic, of course, internet sensation and, uh, crack intelligence, uh, independent researcher and journalist extraordinaire coming on the program. Jack's going to be talking about, uh, what's taking place in the social media, specifically Twitter, the narratives being pushed there. Also, later in the program, Brandon House will be, uh, Worldview Weekend will be with us to talk about how American Christians and American Christian conservatives are being hoodwinked by the, uh, Christians and some of the Christians themselves, uh, and, and by some people on the, uh, on the right, as well as the progressive communist left into believing lies about this coexistence uh everyone can get along in this assimilation uh routine and then of course rounding out the program Tuesdays standdeo standdeo.com will be with us so we've got a full full program lined up for you the first uh the first segment however i just want to start out by uh by by referencing a couple of things the it, it's interesting to me as I sit here and as we sit here, we look at the, uh, Kremlin Kabuki Theater, basically. The non-stop, the non-stop, uh, discussion about Russia and Russia's collusion in our elections. And I find it very interesting that, uh, we have, uh, uh, we have a couple of situations that I think we need to, we need to really Focus on the Russian meddling in our elections. Folks, the Russian and other countries have been meddling in our elections, really. Russia since the Cold War. China since World War II. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's a constant thing. When I say meddling, attempting to influence, whether it's through public, public sentiment or whatever it might be. So this is nothing new. But, uh, Fusion GPS opposition research suggests the, this attempt to take those previous attempts to set up the administration of Donald Trump to make it appear as if there is some there there when there is no there there. Questions to be raised as well in addition to all of this. Uh, James Comey, of course, don't forget by his own admission James Comey had sent or provided to his colleague four memos to a university law professor who then provided that information to the New York Times. Don't, don't forget folks, there's a funnel, uh, between the FBI 
and the media, between the CIA and the media. Now, depending on where that information comes out, for example, New York Times, often indicative of information coming via the FBI. Other sources would reflect a CIA leak. But in this case, James Comey sent four or provided four separate memos or memorandums to file, uh, which he created on a government computer, on government stationery, by his own admission, and put in his drawer, a government desk drawer, for later use. Now, now, what, can, is this, is this, can this be done, and can this be suggestive of private diary type, uh, documents? Jay Sekulo, who, uh, I have a lot of respect for, who's got, uh, who really knows a lot about the law, suggests that this is in violation of 18 U.S.C. section 793 and 18 U.S.C. section 641, the first being the Espionage, or the, uh, uh, Records Act and the second being the Espionage Act. And of course the testimony is reflective of his June, of Comey's June 8, 2017 testimony. And again, uh, 18 U.S.C. 641 is unauthorized disclosure of a government record or the Government Records Act and, uh, 18 U.S.C. 793 section, uh, subsection D specifically would apply for the espionage. Don't forget as well Ukrainian efforts to sabotage Donald Trump. That backfired back in January. The uh, DNC met with Ukrainians, uh, in fact, the Ukrainian operatives at the embassy in Washington, D.C., uh, to, to entrap and, uh, or to, to, I'm sorry, to expose, in an effort to expose, uh, Paul Manafort and his business dealings, which turned out to be nothing. So we've got the memos, the Comey memo, memos, which are truly government documents. You've got Hillary Rodham Clinton, who destroyed, mishandled uh, the, the, her documents, tens of thousands, perhaps, of documents, 30,000 uh, for sure. Uh, we've got her mishandling and intentional destruction of, of documents. She, while during her tenure as Secretary of State, 20%, of U.S. uranium uh, went to the control of Russia. A hundred million dollars in speaking fee, or a hundred million dollars in fees went to the Clinton administration. You talk about Russian collusion. There it is. And then we've got Loretta Lynch and Bill Clinton meeting on the tarmac. And this is stuff, these are points that the mainstream primary corporate convoluted, polluted media will not talk about. You've got deep state leaking at so many levels. It's just that's, absurd. 125 leaks in 126 days, by the way. And that's where the the real crimes are. Um, the Donald Trump Jr.'s email and meetings and opposition research, there's not even any real crimes uh, to speak of there. There's not. It's nothing. Um it's a microcosm of what even the Clinton campaign did, and you mentioned Ukraine. Yep. And there's yep. many other examples. Um, there's nothing here, and again, the media makes like it's some big breaking news story, and it's the same 
group of so-called media outlets, the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, and, you know, they continue to, to push this rhetoric and this narrative, even though there is no real meat behind it. And they're, they're grasping at straws. And uh, I know you mentioned the Fusion GPS. I believe they're a representative from Fusion GPS as a person who set this meeting up. Absolutely. And they gave did. the impression that there was opposition research this lawyer had to give to Donald Trump Jr. when in fact the meeting lasted less than 20 minutes. I believe, um, it was about adoptions. Uh, because from what I understand, Russia. It, well, it was about the, uh, I'm sorry, not, not adoptions, not, it was about the, um, Putin had, because of U.S. actions and policies, President Putin of Russia had, uh, put, put his foot down on saying, no, the Americans cannot adopt Russian children. That's kind of where, where that, that's and I think there's, there's a bigger story behind that, those reasons than there are behind, um, and, and we've seen, and, and I do believe that that's, that to be the case as well. Uh, and I think you're, you're right on that. This is something we're looking into, but Americans need to know about fusion GPS. We've talked about fusion GPS. As a matter of fact, on Sunday, when I, when I appeared on Dave Hodges show, I said this was going to be the story that was going to be leading this week. And, and indeed it is. Now, the the firm Fusion GPS, hired by Democrats to research and write intelligence report, opposition research is what it is. Um, the the information show that was given to the Obama administration that was circulated widely during the campaign uh, has been stonewalling U.S. Senate committees, intelligence committees, and investigations. The reports, for example. Which stand in, in some cases, that, that, that so-called, uh, PP dossier, which I, I, I just, I detest that whole, to me, that, that, that is so absurd. But that, of course, uh, served as part of the basis of, uh, of Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. In Even as Comey's to, investigation. Yes. Yep. Uh, that, that fake dossier. Yes. Was the basis for Comey's, in his own words, the basis for the investigation into the Russian hacking or whatever you want to call it. Well, see, Fusion GPS, which was started by three uh, journalists, and, and we went over this before, Wall Street Journal journalists, uh, they have been asked by Senator Chuck Grassley to submit information about what about their activities. They have declined to do so. It's time to, in my view, it's time to get the subpoena power out. Uh, again, the firm founded by former journalists is neither a journalistic enterprise nor is it a law firm, but they're acting as both. It's, it's really nothing more than a disinformation body in my particular opinion. And again, Glenn Simpson is the founder. He was the Wall Street Journal reporter, uh, worked extensively for Democratic candidates and Democratic entities over the last couple or last several years now. Um, in fact, Fusion GPS, just to remind people, they provided the uh, opposition research against Mitt Romney back in 2012. They were hired by Planned Parenthood to get the dirt, whatever they could, and to act as a PR firm uh, against the Center for Medical Progress. And, and these, by the way, are, are, are some of the... Uh, uh, this company and these dis- despicable people, it's interesting to note that if you look on some of these uh, blogs maintained by... Uh, by, by so-called conservative Christians. It, it's those people, it's these people who these so-called, uh, conservative Christians, 
who believe that that they've got you know they're holier than thou, um, and and it's it it, it it I have a real problem with with these with with these bloggers these uh, these elders these prosecutors shall we say, who come after conservatives like Joe like myself who come after our program who come after us saying that we uh, we're basically sucky Christians. We're false Christians. And, and they, of course, elevate themselves while uplifting uh, people, uh, while condemning the Center for Medical Progress because, of course, they, they, they misrepresent themselves in an investigation. Yet they'll stand by uh, Fusion GPS because, of course, well, what else is there to do? So uh, Brandon House is going to be weighing in on uh not not that person that blog, uh, which I wouldn't waste my time. You know, I think I think that person's maybe got three or four visitors a, a, a year. But having said that, it's that type of mentality that we are facing. It's that type of mentality that the American people, I believe, are sick of, and it's that type of mentality that the American people have to rise up and say enough is enough. Uh, Fusion GPS, they've been linked to foreign clients, including the Maduro regime in Venezuela. You just can't get any better than that, folks. This is, you're going to be hearing more about Fusion GPS. And in fact, of course, what we were talking about, it was back in June of 2016 when they hired the British national and former MI6 agent Christopher Steele to draft up memos purported, uh, regarding purported allegations of, uh, Donald Trump and his associates. Uh, now this, this Christopher Steele provided, uh, or posted, uh, 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 well, provided the, the, this, this dossier, which I'm not even getting into. Um, that was initially leaked to journalists, including but not limited to Mother Jones, writer David Korn. The report was nothing more than, uh, uh, open source information peppered with a lot of junk in between. But we are seeing the wheels, as I mentioned before, the wheels of the Obama's criminal, criminal enterprise, which he is, which he, Hillary Clinton, Eric Holder, Loretta Lynch, and associates established in the previous eight years. Remember, Obama was placed in that position, was selected over Hillary Clinton with the anticipation, of course, Clinton would, would succeed him, but was placed there to open the floodgates to uh, for the refugee crisis as they started the Arab Spring, as they they started the uh, the, the war in Syria, as they they overthrew or helped overthrow the uh, overthrow the government in Egypt in Libya. All of this is you have to look at this as one large uh, circle or one large ch- uh, chain of events interconnected. At the end of the day. When Hillary Clinton, when that, that coronation did not take place, their plans went down the tubes and it had to, they had to go to plan B. Plan B is still in the works. Plan B is, of course, to oust Trump. And I do say this, I have a real problem as I look at, at Pence. I'm watching him and, and I can see that, uh. What did he make a statement that, uh, this was before his time? Uh, yeah. Something like that, it, trying it, to distance himself it, from the situation? Yes, yes. And I can see where he is kind of, uh, building this, this wall around him, which I'm being, I'm very uncomfortable with that. Um, but with respect to this Kremlin Kabuki theater, it, it's, it's nothing more than that. Even, um, 
Representative Adam Schiff, the ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee, acknowledged uh, that Obama knew, and this is something that, that is not being addressed, Obama knew of this alleged uh, Russian influence, but did nothing about it. Did absolutely nothing about it. So if he was so concerned, why did he do nothing? He's a top, Schiff, by the way, is a top-ranking Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, or House Intelligence Committee. And uh, according to an article in the American Thinker, written by Daniel John Sobieski back on uh, June 28, uh, 2017, uh, he reported that Schiff uh, said that Obama was hesitant to confront Russia over its active measures uh, campaign for fear of being seen as helping Hillary Clinton and of fueling Donald Trump's allegation, uh, allegations that the election was being rigged against them or against him. So all of this together, but we're also seeing, of course, the, uh, the issues where, uh, uh, where the, the collusion was not between Donald Trump or Donald Trump Jr. or any, or Paul Manafort. Uh, although it made, it, 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 they attempted to make it appear that way, but the collusion in this case was most assuredly between the Obama regime, the Hillary Clinton camp, Podesta's, don't forget Podesta played a key role in this mess by his business dealings with Russia, but you're not going to hear any of that as well. So all of this combined, and again, uh, for those just joining the program, we're getting into, uh, of course, we're getting into Fusion GPS, we're getting into the Kremlin Kabuki Theater, how this is playing out. In a little bit, we're going to be hearing from uh, Jack Posovic, of course, Internet Sensation, uh, and the crack investigative journalist, uh, about the various, uh, the what's taking place on the social networking uh uh, venues, and we're also going to be hearing from Brandon House about how uh, conservatives and how conservative Christians are being really hoodwinked into believing this lie of coexistence. And some very, very well-known people are actually not just falling for the lies of the Muslims, but embracing and endorsing them, which is an extremely bad position. So having said all of that, Portions of this program brought to you by Portable Solar LLC. Portable Solar LLC. That's Portable Solar LLC. Um, now, more on that later. But So all of this combined, we are seeing this play out in a very... Uh, dangerous fashion. And I do believe, Joe, that, that, uh, as we, as we, as we go through the days and weeks ahead, you know, it's, it's, we're already into July. Uh, almost yeah, halfway, almost halfway through. through. All right. I really believed, based on everything I had seen in the post-inaugural riots, Linda Sarsour, you know, that, uh, that jihadist, apologist and the women uh, that got together for that uh, that pink hat march I'll just leave it at that and of course the emasculated uh, men that uh, were uh, that went along with that I really believe that we would see more of a uh, uh, more uh, uh, more problems this year especially this time of the year 
But having said that, I'm thankful just the same. Don't forget, yesterday was the first anniversary, was the one-year anniversary of the, the murder of Seth Rich, DNC IT staffer. And, of course, the information about Seth Rich being really, uh, it's not forthcoming, not forthcoming by the so-called family spokesperson, not forthcoming by the Metropolitan Police Department, or anyone else for that matter, and certainly not by the DNC. There's a lot of other um, important news going on. Let's take it away, sir. Um, one story that's been underreported, at least that I've seen, was uh, a crash of a, a C-130 in uh, where there were 16, 15 Marines and one Navy uh, man that were killed, allegedly on this crash from North Carolina to California, that... Uh, the causes are still unknown at this time. Apparently, the the plane um, they call it basically an air tank. It, it's a it, it has many serves many purposes, including transport, refueling. Um, was a refueling plane as well as <clears throat> it housed or it was traveling with uh, fifteen special marine uh, special operation forces and one navy man that were going to uh, specialized training in California. It crashed in Missouri yesterday and it's just amazing to me when we're talking about you know the the Donald Trump and the Russian collusion to see so many of the does this be a footnote on so many of the um, internet news sites and on on the mainstream media channels because 16 uh, 15 marines and one one navy man died in this plane crash right here in the continental United States and there is no cause as to why it crashed yet. There is a, a vague write-up on the Wall Street Journal that Dredge linked to today that did not give any answers, and I was just looking for it on Dredge Report again now, and I, I could not find it. Maybe it's still up there, uh, but I'm not seeing it. But there is um, some interesting video of the uh, immediately after the crash that uh, a local news affiliate got with a helicopter there that... Is pretty interesting, and I'm sure I hope many more questions and, and answers will come uh, from that story because it's not something we should just brush over. And also, folks, if you go on HagmanReport.com, there's a few interesting pieces up there. Um, Peter Barry Choka wrote a piece about how single-payer socialized healthcare, what it would mean for innovative and alternative medicine, and he talks about how uh, the destructive elements that are uh, looming for the transformational medical system in the United States into a single-payer socialist nightmare is one of the most alarming developments facing us today. Uh, he goes through the history of uh, the control that the government has over health care and those who are now being taxed to, to make sure that they have health care. Uh, it's all about control and making money, starting with the Obamacare that was rammed through uh, in 2009, in March in 2009, as the Affordable Care Act. And it's a great piece. Uh, everybody should go check that out again. It's by uh, Peter Barry Chowka, Single-Payer Socialized Healthcare, What It Would Mean for Innovative and Alternative Medicine. That's on HagmanReport.com. You know, and, and Joe, he's, he is so, he's been such, uh, his knowledge into the healthcare industry predates your birth okay uh he's done so much investigative reporting on that and that article is key 
to understanding where we're at and where the communist progressives want us to be. I, I, I gotta tell you, the more I read from, from Peter, uh, Chauka, uh, who I have so much respect for, uh, as a, as a colleague and I like to call him a friend, um, I've just got so much respect for him. His, the information is, is absolutely right on the money. And since you mentioned his name, he's going to be coming, joining us for a full hour here. Uh, I don't, I don't have the date in front of me, but the other part of that is his analysis of the media, specifically Fox News and all of the other corporate media has proven to be 100% accurate. So, uh, I really like him. I mean, I, I would, he's the kind of guy that I could sit down and ha- have a cup of coffee with at 10 o'clock in the morning and by six o'clock at night, we're still talking. You know, that's the kind of guy he is. I just want to mention that, but he, that, that, that's so important. The single payer aspect of this, that is what, that's the, uh, that's the end game objective. The single payer is the end game objective. It's always been the single payer because once that happens, our country, the the economy of our country, and therefore our country is gone. Another interesting piece of information up on Hagman Report that got a, a little bit of attention today, and I'm not sure, I haven't really followed up with this story. There was an explosive device set off in an Oklahoma recruiting center, and they are pointing the fingers at a possible domestic terrorist incident that... Uh, that was aiming to um, set off a device at a recruiting center, but the federal the federal authorities set off the device. Uh, it was set off outside of the Air Force Recruiting Center near Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they say that they are still looking for the people responsible for it. Not sure how much of uh, this we're going to see, but Hillary Clinton's back in the news, plant, teaming up with uh, Samantha B and Planned Parenthood advertising on Twitter a new Nasty Woman t-shirts where the proceeds go to Planned Parenthood. The shirts are being sold by TBS, the network that hosts Full Frontal with Samantha B. Anyway, it, they're selling these stupid t-shirts and giving the proceeds to Planned Parenthood. But one thing that's funny about the article, the producer of the article says that the show uh, claims it is, it's not correct to call it liberal, the Samantha B uh, Full Frontal show. They say they are much more left center. Yeah, I, I call it garbage, is what I call it. As well anybody who's watched ten minutes of the show, view. yeah, anybody who's watched ten minutes of the show knows better than to listen to what they say. When we come back, we will be joined with Jack by Jack Posobiec. We're going to talk about his new book and some of the new uh, revelations and talking points that are coming out of the White House. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. 
T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Week Reviews boldly states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. As we spoke of earlier, you've got so much taking place. You've got uh, a number of things. You've got the uh, uh, Comey memos, uh, which are classified as government documents, four of them handed off to his colleague, and of course, uh, in violation perhaps of the Records Act, this according to Jay Sekulow, and other legal minds. You've got the Hillary Rodham Clinton downplaying, mishandling various documents, emails, and such during her tenure as Secretary of State. We all know this, 20% of uranium assets to Russia. And, of course, the right is being blamed for Russian collusion. you got Loretta Lynch being instructed uh, by the... Uh, by, by the FBI, Loretta Lynch instructing the FBI director at the time to call that situation not an investigation but a matter and you've got deep state collusion leaking 125 leaks in 126 days or thereabouts hey, this is absurd um, The of course the media is abusively uh, uh, biased and agenda driven here to to rectify that is internet sensation and I will say that 
uh, prolific, well, a great author, Jack Posobiec, his book, Citizens for Trump, the inside story of the people's movement to take back America. I've got my copy. I've, I've read it. Uh, it's a great read. It's like being right there. He's got a, so, he's so talented the way he's, is able to write his book. And Citizens for Trump, it's available on Amazon. Uh, Citizens for Trump, the inside story of the people's movement, take back America. Jack Posovic, we're so, uh, so great to, uh, so grateful to have you with us. You're with, uh, Roger Stone, who's a, over there, uh, that's okay. Well, hey, Roger, how you doing? Um, put us on, sign us a book and, uh, come on our show too. But, but Jack, uh, let, let's start off with what's, what we're seeing here with respect to the meeting with Donald uh, Trump Jr., uh, this, uh, being set up uh, via Fusion GPS. What's going on here? Yeah, you know, I, I almost wish, and, and Doug, Joe, thanks so much for having me on this evening. I really wish that the New York Times would try a little bit harder to make something somewhat interesting to me. I mean, these meetings we're talking about are some of the most boring, short political meetings that we've heard. I mean, this isn't even, this doesn't even reach the standard of like a Tom Clancy novel or something we're talking about. This is literally a meeting that Donald Trump Jr. was in for about 20 minutes, if that, before he walked out and said, there's no reason for me to be here, this is a waste of my time. And somehow, the entire mainstream media wants us to believe their canard, their complete conspiracy theory that they're peddling, that this has something to do with a proof of Russian collusion. When the meeting he took with Natalia Vilnitskaya uh, was under the false pretenses that there was collusion, yes, between Hillary Clinton and the state of Russia. So my interesting uh, take on it was I looked on Sunday and actually was able to find that that meeting was brokered by none other than Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS, the Democrat uh, opposition research firm that was behind the widely debunked Michael Steele dossier, the, uh, the Golden Showers dossier that BuzzFeed put under, that James Comey was citing when he put out the FISA warrant for Trump, and, of course, Fusion GPS, who... Uh, widely reported that their quote-unquote mysterious benefactor throughout the 2016 uh, season was none other than George Soros. So was this, in fact, an example of George Soros using some of his connections with Fusion GPS to send a Russian there as a sort of false flag to set up Don Jr. and Jared Kushner, Paul Manafort, other people from the campaign to come in and make it appear that there was the, uh, give the appearance of some sort of Russian collusion when, in fact, there was none. Interesting. Yeah, I, none of this really makes a lot of sense when you look at it from a, a cruising altitude. I mean, it, it makes sense at least to the extent that uh, this is all a setup. And Fusion GPS, this opposition research team, uh, uh, began what th- 2009. Three journalists from the Wall Street Journal, Glenn Simpson, among others, among two others. Uh, hired uh, back in 2012 to, to get the dirt on Mitt Romney, then of course the Center for Medical Progress, and uh, then then of course this uh, this Trump dossier. So uh, uh, what a sewage pit this is, and and there's nothing there. Um, yeah, and I love the fact as well that uh, I commend Donald Trump Jr. for his ability that when questioned about the email chain. He simply goes and posts it on Twitter and says, hey, you guys want to see my emails? Here you go. Uh, this is not the same type of obfuscation. Hillary Clinton using bleach bit, using hammers to destroy her blackberries, to destroy the 33,000 emails that you've never seen. James Comey with his uh, his memos, which may or may not have been government documents, sources within the FBI now say have been deemed to be classified. 
He's not going to show. He's not hiding. There's no cover up here. He says, hey, you want to see my cards on the table here? I'm going to post them on Twitter for you. And the, the New York Times had a complete meltdown today. I was, it was it was so much schadenfreude with me watching it, laughing. They said, I can't believe they spent a, a year of my life tracking down these sources, and he just tweets it on on Twitter. It's like, I I, I, I'm, I'm confused. Did, are you surprised that a Trump would tweet something at this point after all we've been through? You're surprised that a member of the Trump family would take to Twitter to respond to you numbskulls? It's, it's beside themselves. And that is how pitiful the, these, these journalists, if that's what they call themselves, are. I really tend to think of them as opposition at this point because that's all they've turned themselves into be. Uh, and I gotta say, I, I love your Twitter feed. I follow you, and folks, follow Jack Posobiec on Twitter. It's Thank the, you. it's the best time I'll ever have. You, you'll be informed. You'll be entertained. I mean, you, you had me, uh, you had me informed. Uh, I was going through them like in the middle of the night, and, and I just started laughing at some of the stuff that you put out because it's it's funny the way you. I mean, it's it's informative, but it's hilarious how you really light up the mainstream media and of course these uh, progressive lunatics these liberal lunatics uh, it's great by the way citizens for trump on amazon folks buy that book uh, you won't be sorry it's it's like being and there's right there. there's a lot of you know to your point and I, I appreciate that you know i i try to keep a sense of humor about everything uh that's you know people ask me how do i go in and do this day in and day out and i say i think this is hilarious <laughs> and and that sense of humor it shows up in my tweets uh, and you'll see it all throughout the book. There's a lot of humorous stories. Uh, at one point, uh, I recount a story of going to pick up McDonald's for the Trump uh, campaign jet and just kind of sort of the hijinks that went in with that. And I said, well, yes, it's 20, uh, 20 Big Macs. For who? It's for Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, and turning around and, and, you know, sort of all the all the hilarity of actually getting getting that through Secret Service. No, seriously, it's 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 McDonald's. No, what's in the bag, sir? It's 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 a McDonald's bag. What do you expect? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, the stories in that book. Uh, I just, I, I love that book. I, it's, it's really one of my favorite, uh, uh, non, or, uh, yeah, nonfiction, true books. It, it's like reading your diary, as I said earlier. And, and folks, you'll have a great time reading it. Citizens for Trump. I recommend that, uh, to any, anyone out there with, with any brain cells. Uh, you'll be entertained, informed, and you'll understand really, uh, what Jack, did and, and and what went into the campaign? Joe, where are you going to? Yeah, so it goes into um, it gets into me. You know, I call the book "Citizens for Trump," and it's not a book about President Trump. It's a book about the citizens who came together and supported Trump in its movement. And uh, I was the special projects director for the organization Citizens for Trump. We worked with Roger Stone all throughout 2016 to fight back against the fake news narratives. We worked with people like Mike Cernovich uh, and so many, Alex Jones, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, so many others tirelessly to put forward this campaign. And it's a definitely a ragtag group of deplorables uh, when it all comes down to it. And that's actually who I dedicated the book to. I said, this is for the deplorables. This is for everybody, man. I would show it. I left it in my office. Go ahead, Joe. Well, yeah, it's interesting to me. The you know the title of the book, "Citizens for Trump," that's ultimately who who got Trump elected. And to yes. continue to see this news coverage, like uh, you know, there was this collusion or hacking, whatever they want to call it, today or tomorrow. It's just so funny to me because I don't believe one vote was changed uh, because of anything any other country did. It was the way that these two candidates. Uh, both were received and interacted publicly, and the, the staunch difference that the country wanted to go in from the last eight years. And 
Yeah, I actually said, uh, I said to some people the other day, I said, yeah, if you want to know how Trump won the election, it didn't have anything to do with Russia. I wrote a whole book about it. Go look at the people. Go look at the 50,000 people showing up in uh, Michigan, filling the stands for him, probably 40,000 of which were registered Democrats and union hold, uh, you know, union members, union households. Those were the people that elected Donald Trump. It had nothing to do with Vladimir Putin or the Russian state. Boy, you're, exactly. Well said. Perfectly said. Uh, Jack, what's on your radar here as we, obviously the, uh, Donald Trump Jr. Manafort that, uh, uh, and the leaks. In the, I know yeah. you tweeted some stuff out yeah. about the leaks, um, we, earlier we, today. What are you looking at specifically? What are we, what are we going to be reading about tomorrow, if I can, if we can ask? Uh, I would say my, my sources are all telling me that a lot of the talk in Washington right now is turned towards this August recess. And whether it will be taking place or not, the Senate has already announced. Now, normally, for, to give everyone some context, normally the the House and the Senate, co- Congress, takes off the entire month of August. These people work very hard. They have their two. They only have about 26 vacation days a year. So, you know these these congressmen. So they take off the month of August and they say, oh, they're going back to their districts to form constituent casework. Well. What Citizens for Trump, the organization, actually started pushing uh, among Congress a few weeks ago was to say, you know what, at this point, when we don't have a health care bill yet, Obamacare is yet to be repealed and replaced, when we don't have uh, legislation for the wall, why don't we say that we are not going to take an August vacation, we're not going to have our summer recess, in fact, what we're going to do is stay here and actually do the work of the people who elected us to our jobs and the people whose tax dollars are going to pay for our salaries. So the Senate, under Mitch McConnell, and i got to give credit where it's due, he has announced that 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 vacation time will be shrunk down from four weeks down to two. And now the House, I'd say there's about a 50% chance, my sources tell me, uh, that the House will be reducing or completely eliminating the recess altogether. And as well, the House Freedom Caucus chair now is threatening a full government shutdown over funding for the wall. And that's a lot of stuff that's being obfuscated, of course, by the mainstream media, talking about Donald Trump Jr. and this complete nothing burger of a story, the fact that there is a major showdown looming over funding for the wall in the House Freedom Caucus. If you remember, Donald Trump uh, was not exactly pleased with them with their stance on his uh, his health care bill the first time around. Now they've come around to say, you know what? This border wall is something that needs to be done, and they're threatening a shutdown over it. I couldn't be more happy because the people that put them in office, the people that came out to vote in November of 2016, they voted for a few sing- singular things. One of them was American first, and one of them absolutely was a major border wall to see United States retaking its sovereignty, retaking its primacy of national security of its citizens first. And so we saw this original bill uh, for the budget come out under Paul Ryan. It included more money for defense of the borders of Libya and Afghanistan than it actually did for the border of the United States, if you can believe that. Yeah, we, we can believe that, and that's sad. And we need to bring that back home, bring bring this back around and enact the will of the people. And, and you know, the... the uh, uh, the, the Congress, look, we work, you work 24-7. I, I, I don't know when you sleep, folks. I, I'm serious. You, you follow his Twitter feed. And, and I don't sleep. Sleep is for Cox. <laughs> right on, man. But, but see, w- w- why should Congress go home? 
Uh, let them work the 14, 16 hours a day like most American people do, uh, seven days a week. It'll let them. Let, yeah, my friends, uh, my friends in the White House, it's, it's great. You know, I'll ask them, hey, do you guys want to meet up for, for dinner? Do you want to grab, uh, you know, grab some, some, some bites after work? And they're like, Jack, after work? What are you talking about? There is no after work. Trump and Bannon expect us to work just as much as they do. And let me tell you something. Those guys are never not working. The people, you know, the media wants to say, well, Trump is tweeting, Trump is tweeting. They say, yeah, when Trump isn't tweeting, he's in the office, he's getting briefings, he's reading over documents, he's pouring over legislation, he's on the phone with, uh, with members of Congress, members of the Senate. He is literally working almost 24-7. The man gets about, I'd say the president gets about four to five hours of sleep at night, if that. Uh, so it's, it's truly amazing to see. And for a lot of the, the staffers there, it's uh, especially these longtime DC staffers, it is a wake-up call because they are not used to working those yeoman hours. Now, myself, I'm a former Navy guy, so you know, working hours like that, especially uh, odd hours of the day and night, don't come as any difference to us. Uh, exactly, uh, Jack. You mentioned about uh, Donald Trump in this tweeting. Uh, I've got a, a real, I got a bad feeling about this. It, it, it just. Uh, just help me, help me on this. Help me, uh, um, make me feel better. I, cause I don't want to have to go in my special safe place. Um, is, is there any chance that Donald Trump will lose as in the capacity, in his capacity as president of the United States, lose his ability to use Twitter or other, any other social media to talk directly to, to the American people? Well, the only chance of that happening, it wouldn't come necessarily from the government side. What the chance that it, of that happening would come from the forces of Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, or Mark Zuckerberg, of course, the CEO of Facebook, restricting, banning, or suspending Donald Trump from any of his accounts, his various accounts. Uh, this is a possibility of something that could happen because we've seen the clampdown of so many other pro-Trump accounts pro-Trump groups. There's actually a group called the Official Deplorables on Facebook, 500,000 people, and it was suspended this week, and they still have yet to even answer why it was suspended. So we've seen these clampdowns again and again of this, and the other side understands it, believe me. However, I think, to be honest, that they're smart enough to know that they can't just ban the president, because if they banned President Trump, what would that do? That would rally people to his side. That would galvanize Trump supporters. That would galvanize even people that aren't really in the social media sphere to realizing that, hey, you guys are trying to shut up our president. This would be akin to saying that FDR wouldn't be allowed to do his fireside chats on the radio. Unheard of, right? Uh, but to, to hear the left saying uh, that they're willing to, to call for a shutdown of the president, shut down his ability to speak. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to shame him into it. They're trying to say, well, you know... The president really shouldn't be having Twitter. The president shouldn't be, you know, sharing funny pictures. The president shouldn't be, you know, talking directly to the American people. What they're trying to do is destroy his conduit directly to the American people. Now, I know you you guys were around during the campaign, but a lot of these Washington, D.C. types, these staffers, they weren't on the Trump team, Trump train during the campaign. They don't understand what exactly it was that people had to go through and the incredible benefit of having his 50 million followers between Facebook and Twitter so he would have a conduit directly to the American people, completely bypassing all filters in terms of staff, all filters in terms of media. And we've seen 
the way that they refuse to cover him properly, the way they twist statements, the way they put words into his mouth that he never said, the way they make up claims about things that happened. And that is the power of Periscope. That is the power of Skype, the power of Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, of being able to have people share information directly and communicate directly with one another. It's a power that they're trying to take away at the lower levels from Trump supporters and at the higher levels, they're trying to shame the president into not using it. However, at this point, I don't believe that an old dog can learn new tricks. And if there's anything we know about Donald Trump, uh, even before he was president, is that the man loves Twitter. In fact, I talk about this in my book. He actually had one of the first Twitter accounts um, back all the way in 2009 is when he started Twitter. It was mostly, you know, kind of a marketing thing at that point. But when he was first told about it, he said, oh, I can communicate directly with people? Yes, yes, I absolutely want that. I want it immediately. He identified early on that having Twitter was a powerful social media communications tool so that he wouldn't need any other uh, filter, anything else rather than that. So now we come full circle nearly 10 years later, and we've seen that Twitter has become almost the, the media of record. You know, when Donald Trump Jr. went to... Uh, put out his statements, put out his announcements, post his emails. He didn't do it on some website. He didn't send an email or a press release. He tweeted it. He yeah. simply sent a, t- sent a tweet out and let it out there. And so, uh, you know, Twitter at this point, what can I say? It's in the history books, thanks to Donald Trump. Indeed. Yeah, and I, and I saw that there's there's this measure, uh, that's the wrong word, there's this, uh, this attempt, you know, or this... Uh, Discussion of of trying to get him not to use Twitter. I, I just I, I it it just worries me um, when when I see that taking place. But having said all of that, and it, oh, and go a, lot ahead. Of, a lot of people do understand. A lot of his supporters understand what you just said. In that the media misrepresents just about everything he says yep. and takes it out of the context. Therefore, he can't trust any other way of communicating other than for people to be able to read his own words. Which brings me to my next question. Are we going to see from from Trump, or have we moved away from the era when presidents sit in the Oval Office and address the nation for different holidays or reasons? I know Obama didn't really do it much. Um, you know, I know he had the press conference with the Osama bin Laden killing, and uh, and a few others. But we used to have the president sit there and and you know uh, give direct talks to the American people. Uh, any any chance or talks about bringing stuff like that back? You know, I've actually been a huge proponent of that. And what I've, what I've even said when I've talked to uh, Dan Scavino or other members of the president's social media team, I've argued for more of uh, live communication with the president. And I say he should bypass the mainstream media completely. Use the power of Periscope live streaming on Twitter. Use the power of Facebook Live. And literally, they should have someone set up a camera for him right there in the Oval Office and let him hit that button that says go live. And he can go live and take comments and do whatever he wants directly with the American people and completely bypass the media. Don't worry about, okay, you know, can the broadcast uh, calendar move around all their schedules? Is whatever TV show, you know, is Big Bang Theory going to be bumped by the president tonight? Don't even worry about it. Go straight to the people. Go straight to using that live broadcast feature. And he is doing the the president's weekly addresses uh, from from the his uh, from the Oval Office. But those are recorded. Those are scripted. They're good. He's putting out a great message. But I think the power of a live broadcast uh, would be so much more. Uh, effective, especially in terms of communication, because so many people today, that's how they communicate. I'm talking to you guys on Skype right now. So many, I do a Periscope, uh, you know, once, twice, maybe three or four times a day. YouTube Live is another one. Yep. So have three cameras, have all of it set up, 
completely bypass the mainstream media. Number one, it would be way more effective than any of their cameras. Number two, it would drive the mainstream media completely insane to say that Trump doesn't need you anymore and he can immediately communicate directly with the people. And you know that everybody's going to want to talk about it and everybody's going to want to be in on it. But to get a piece of it, you're going to have to go to the man himself. And that's why they'll never ban him. Do you think the uh, the use of the, the new media, the social media, um, alienates any of the older people out there? You know, I, there was a point in time where I almost would have agreed with you on that and said, and said yes, that, that uh, it, it is alienating people. However, I've had people come up to me um, personally at events or we hold MAGA meetups here in Washington, D.C. Um, pretty much uh, once a month or different things. And i got to tell you, when people come up to me on Twitter and I, I've got 15-year-old kids all the way up to 75, 80-year-old people uh, coming up and saying, oh, I read your tweets every day. I watch all your videos. I watch all your periscopes. I love them. And I'm thinking, wow, you, you guys don't, don't fit the, the mold at all whatsoever in terms of who they tell us uses this social media. Now, I think at this point, you know, people aren't sitting in their airport. Go to an airport, right? You guys have been in airports uh, recently. CNN's always on. But let me ask you something. Is anybody sitting in those airports watching CNN. No. <laughs> no most and where is everybody's eyes? Their eyes are on their hands, on that little screen that's right there. They're looking at their phones. And that is where Trump needs to be. Exactly. Forget about CNN. Forget about the TVs. Forget about the big screen. Control the little screen. You're, you're exactly right. Jack, we only have a few minutes left. Uh, your book is going great guns against citizens for Trump. It reads like a journal, folks. I would urge everyone. Uh, Amazon's the best place to get it, right? Um, yeah, Amazon's got it right up there. You can type in Citizens for Trump. It's a lot easier than spelling my last name, and it'll come right up the first thing. Sounds good. Now, I, I'm not sure if we're, because we're, we're, we're about out of time. Hopefully, I'm not breaking any, uh, uh, I'm not talking out of school. Again, you're arm's length away or close by Roger Stone. He's on the book signing. He's got a new book out, right? Hey, Brad, that's right. So Roger's book, it's called The Making of the President. And what he does is give you a blow-by-blow historical account of the campaign itself. In 30 years, in 40 years' time, people will talk about Roger Stone's account of 2016 as the seminal book of record when it comes to this campaign. That is how he wrote it. It's, It's excellently sourced. It's excellently paced out. It goes through everything in full detail and talks about some of those moments where it was quite harrowing to see what decision the president would take, the candidate at the time would take, in terms of dealing with a specific situation or not. And Roger's able to give analysis from the inside, from from his perch. And he also goes back 40 years ago to some of his first meetings with President Trump and his first dealings with him uh, and saying, basically saying to him, even back in the 1970s, 1980s, you need to run for president. You know, I, I spoke briefly with Alex Jones about that, and he says, "Yeah, you it definitely you got to get this book." So uh, you can you can just whisper in uh, Roger's ear when you have a chance that we're going to be ordering some uh, uh, multiple copies of his book, and uh, also whisper in his ear, "Hey, get your butt on our program." I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. He's actually yeah, he's over in the other room. You know, it's funny we were joking about uh, fake news and the New York Times, and Roger goes. You know, these these staffers today, they're so worried about the New York Times, the Washington Post. He goes, when I was 17 years old, I had the Warren Commission and then Watergate to deal with. 
You tell me you're worried about some kind of headline? Please. <laughs> These people, are, they're snowflakes. They're panty wastes uh, compared to what we had to go through. Indeed. Absolutely right. Jack Posobiec, Internet sensation, fantastic uh, uh, investigative researcher, journalist, author extraordinaire. Jack, thanks for sharing your time. I know it's, I know it's a hassle uh, breaking away. Uh, always dapper looking, always informative. Thanks. And, and, and do check back with us again. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure, and I will talk to Roger uh, immediately about coming on. All right. Thanks, brother. Until next time, God bless. Take care, guys. All right, man. Have a good one. God bless. Jack Jack Posobiec, what a great guy, and what an eligible guy. I, I was Seriously, I was rolling on I was rolling laughing when I was reading some of his tweets. Um I think I, I think I retweeted one that it was, it was just it was just I was I just certain things. I got a really twisted sense of humor. Uh, certain things just really make me laugh. But uh, I don't know what it is about Twitter. I'm not a big Twitter person. I mean, I'll, uh, I always find what's relevant on there. Uh, yeah, I never was either until. And I find it by looking at headlines and yeah. searching the internet and finding stories, and then you know taking those links back to Twitter. And I used to do what you, you know, that, uh, the tweet deck. The tweet deck. Yeah. You can have, yeah. I don't Multiple know why I, it got old for me, but, um, well, it's it, very useful and it, and it, it is entertaining. That's for sure. It's, it's time sensitive is what it is. And especially when you're, when it's not crowded, you know, you get two, three, four in the morning, Eastern time. Uh, it kind of calms down a little bit. It's always interesting. But folks, we're, we're going to be back. Stay right where you're at. Hagman and Hagman Report. Doug Hagman, Joe Hagman, America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. Right here on Global Star Radio Network, BTR, and YouTube Live. Stay right where you're at. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. What Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, 6 AA batteries off the grid. When other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night, go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com folks in these uncertain times it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks that's preparing food this is the way to go there is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com we all need a way to cook and a method to process water I mean think about it think about the many things that could happen to you Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution it's small lightweight wood burning and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove it's smoke 
helpless, fully self-contained for clean storage and transport. Because it's so efficient, it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire. So don't rely on gas or fuel stoves. Prepare your family. Prepare for yourself. Order a Minuteman rocket stove today. It's going to make bad times much better. Folks, MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. Need I say more? You should have a Minuteman, the survival stove in an MOK. For investors, Timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com, PreciousTimberProfits.com. edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're going to get right back to news, but first we're going to bring you a quick word from one of our sponsors, Portable Solar LLC. This is one of the most overlooked preparations that we have, is water and energy. With the real threat of cyber attacks and EMP weapons, you may want to consider the Solar Arc. It's the only EMP-hardened, battery-based solar system available to the public today. The folks at Portable Solar have designed this product with EMP hardening and expandability in mind. This is a veteran-owned Christian company, and they stand by their product. You can watch their EMP testing videos on their YouTube channel or by going to their website, www.soularc.us. Most people don't realize how much power they need to run essential items like a fridge, freezer, lights, AC, etc. Portable solar energy helps you decide what type of to back up your power you should consider and how to pick a good system, even if it's not their product. They do free consultations, and there's a lot of educational material at www.soularc.us. That's S-O-L-A-R-K dot U-S. Or you can give them a call, 972-575-8875. That's Portable Solar LLC. It's a great product, folks. Oh, Don't overlook that, the, the uh, solar power. You've got to really um, understand how important that is for for you. And, uh, well, yeah, as they say, the most overlooked preparations are water and energy. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Um, a, a, a couple of things with respect to, um, what is, what is taking place. You know, when we look at the, uh, the, uh, the hacks, the DNC hacks, the DNC leaks, um, it's interesting in, in the servers and in, in the murder of Seth Rich and all of these, all of these different tentacles of this octopus. It's amazing to see 
uh, it's just amazing to see uh, where justice has been lacking. And I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, you know, stammer and, and stutter as I normally do here. I just want to make sure people are understand, or people are, are people understand that we have got such a big problem in this country. The problem is this. We have got a fifth column in this country that's infiltrated all, all aspects of our society, including but not limited to, and especially, I'll just say, especially the, uh, uh, the media. The media is acting, I believe, in a, in a very seditious manner. And I believe that the media oh, they is, are. well, yeah, and it's, as we look at, as we look at the, what the media is doing, they are aggressively biased against Donald Trump, against his regime. You, you see Fusion GPS, uh, that company, as I had mentioned earlier, it's gonna, it, you're gonna be hearing, and folks, you will be hearing more and more and more about this, uh, started by journalists. Remember that group, journalists. Remember that news a, a year or two back, of course. But um, people like Sarah Carter from Circa News and others talking about um, talking about this uh, this Donald Trump Jr. meeting and about how really this was set up by Fusion GPS. Follow the money. The meeting June 9th, I, I stand corrected, I might have said the 8th before, June 9th, 2016th at Trump Tower, which allegedly promised compromising information on Hillary Rodham Clinton. Of course, it, it, it was nothing whatsoever. Um, it had nothing to do with, with anything. But you look at the collusion, the actual Russian collusion. And this, it, the, the reason we're driving this home, is we've got to fight that specific narrative, that specific assertion of the of the media that's infiltrated uh, by communists, by the communists who have who have lined up with the Islamists, the Muslims, and we have what Joe McCarthy predicted back in the Senator Joe McCarthy back in the nineteen uh, early, late forties, early fifties. We've got this infiltration within government, but we also have the infiltration within the media. But um, you've got these opposition research groups, and you heard Jack Posobiec talking about the it being funded by George Soros. Well, I believe that to be true, but there are other individuals uh, that are funding these groups that are would even would surprise you even more than. George Soros. You would expect him. Um, you know, what's he got? Monopoly play money. I mean, he's got so much money. I guess he. he yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't even get, wrap my head around how much money the guy's got. But see, money is only a part of the driver of, of what it's, we're seeing. It's, it's the means, it's, and we see that. Um, you know, places like CNN and MSNBC are are saying that you know their ratings are great because of the coverage that they're they're getting, and I don't know that. First of all, if that's even true, but if it is true, I believe it's more for entertainment purposes, for the American people's entertainment purposes. I think it's for programming else. purposes. Well, I mean, some of the stuff is so laughable. Every day it's a, a gotcha headline about some fake story 
that's going to bring down the presidency because of treason and sedition that never even goes anywhere further than a than a mention on a internet or a newspaper outlet. But but these people, everything's sensationalized. Everything's blown out of proportion, sure. and it's a joke. There's a I mean between the line between reality and what the media is is reporting are two completely different things. And I think the people see through that. Hence what Jack Posobiec said in the last segment that uh, he doesn't believe that older people are being alienated by the use of social media because I believe that they are seeking out the truth rather than uh, being fed by a lot of these uh, conglomerates on what to think by these matters. Well, uh, and, and I, I, I agree. But I, I see still, uh, I see this, this ideological divide being fed by the media. Oh, yeah. Um, the ideological divide is, is so critical, I believe, because the assault is, as I said before, we have an assault. Uh, they're, they're attempting to kill the president. When I say, when I say kill the president, I'm talking about political death. Delegitimize the, the president of the United States, Donald Trump. But they're also attempting to kill or delegitimize the office of the presidency, much worse than they did back in the Nixonian era. So just to be clear in my statement, uh, now, now, okay, so when you, when you look at this, uh, you've got Barack Hussein Obama, one of the most illegitimate or, or one of the most, uh, a, a person perhaps the least authenticated for, um, being legitimately, uh, uh, uh for being legitimately, legitimately eligible to be president. You've got Barack Hussein Obama running either ahead of Donald Trump or behind him to various countries. What is he doing and what are his groups, the groups that are under this umbrella of uh of of power of of Obama? What are they doing uh that that we should be paying attention to? I submit that the legal team that he has assembled under the uh uh, what is it, Americans for Progress? I've got the, my notes in, in my office, but uh, the 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 ethics charges doing nothing but smacking the administration, the Donald Trump administration, with with these ethics charges and calls for investigation. Then you've got the the community uh, activist side of things, the groups like Indivisible, uh, Antifa, obviously, Revcom. All of these other groups, the, all of these groups and all of these, uh, these foot soldier groups and all of these political groups, in my view, are being not just funded by Soros and, and, and people on the left, but they're also being funded by the never Trumpers and the other part of the deep state that's playing a critical role as we're looking at this is the media. It's people like Mika Brzezinski, and don't forget she should get some book deal. Yes, facelift. It's like everybody who um, who it's comes against Trump publicly gets some kind of uh, you know award for doing so. Exactly. And, and back to what you said about Obama, um, I wonder if we're not going to start to see more of him in front of the cameras than working behind the scenes, uh, because it just uh, developing legal teams and analysis and talking points doesn't seem to be doing the trick. And I know that we saw that he was going to be actively campaigning for the DNC 
a little bit for that he, now that he's back in the U.S. But will we see him speak out against the, the Trump administration or see Trump administration and see his input on more of these things publicly, or will he become even a you know like one of the first presidents ever to become a, a contributor to one of these um, you know fake news networks? And there was a not to switch gears too quickly, but there was an interesting exchange on uh, CNN this morning. It's on the Daily Wire. It's on the Daily Caller. Uh, this morning on CNN's New Day, speaking with anchor Allison Camerata, and Sebastian she's, Gorka. Yeah, Allison Camerata is from our area, by the way. Really? Yeah. Uh, speaking to the deputy assistant to President Trump, Gorka, uh, he just he laid waste to CNN and uh, its talking points, from calling them fake news saying the amount of time you spend in desperation on a topic that has plummeted you to 13th place in viewership across America. More people watch Nick at Night cartoons than CNN today, he said. And the article goes on to to establish that his claim was correct. Nick at Night is in 11th place as more people are interested in cartoons, he says. Well, CNN is currently ranked 13 out of all cable networks. (laughs) Nick at Night has two, uh, two places higher than CNN. And he goes on and and takes uh, some jabs at their, when she says journalism, he says fake news. It's a pretty good exchange, and it'd be worth the watch. Um, and that's on a number of different outlets. And it's good to see the pushback. I mean, this is really the only reason I'll ever watch MSNBC or CNN is to watch exchanges like this uh, for the, the more entertainment value that they have. Oh, I, they hold no intellectual see, or journalistic value whatsoever. Yeah, but that's where you and I disagree. I believe I believe in surveillance, in proactive surveillance. I want to know. Oh yeah. I want to know what they're talking about. I want to know what they're saying because it's like night and day. You could watch Fox News, for example, and you can watch MSNBC side by side, same topics, an entirely different perspective from both sides. If if and I'm telling you, if you don't, and, and as, as sickening as this is, in my view, um, you've got to understand or you've got to watch what they're saying, or even get, get a transcript from the programs. But uh, be, be, well, because uh, the, they are the enemy of the people. It's uh, I, I almost want to say enemy of the state, but it's the enemy of the people. What is taking place, in a nutshell here, and, and by the way, uh, part and parcel to this, involves the evangelical or the Christian conservatives to a large extent. Brendan House is going to come by and talk about this. You've got, uh, in addition to all of the things taking place, you've got the uh, Vatican, for example, that is really a, a critical part of this uh what would I? What would you call it? This uh, a, a very critical part of uh, this uh, this one world ideological process taking place. You're going to see some things. You're going to you're going to see. Uh, is that perhaps? Uh, okay. Could could the bat phone rang? Did anyone hear that? Bat, bat phone. Yeah, they had to hear because my mic was on and the ringer was on back right there. Bat phone. If I told you who was on that bat phone, I can't tell you that. But anyway, the uh, the Vatican is going to play a role, and I think 
Jackie, the administrative assistant for the Hagman Report and social media director is, is uh, uh, that's okay. Thank you. We'll wait for that. We'll so, yeah, no, no worries. But the, the role that, that, that things are, you're going to have to tell them we're on the air. So <laughs> we're on the air. That's, it, it was, it was from the administration. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Very interesting. You asked for, you asked for one thing with respect to, uh, a potential interview, how quickly they respond. Enough said on that. All right. Now that I'm completely off my train of thought, Brandon House, but, but, but seriously, this is going to be important. We're talking about, talk about observing this. the media and we were talking about that before the, before the call, but yeah, observing the media is important. Go on. There's a, another site I've been frequenting. Oh, Scarborough, by the way, is decided not to be Republican anymore. I didn't know he was. Well, I mean, I knew he was, but I didn't know he was active. I didn't. Th- I didn't think he was an active Republican either. Um, there's a site I, I like to to post stories from uh, Newsbusters.org. They uh, point out uh, liberal media bias, exposing comb- and combating liberal media bias. They've been a site that's been around for a while, MRC, and they have a, a piece up from today and uh, I don't ever watch The View I hope none of you guys out there watch it either but the, the headline is View panel explodes after Byla claims there's liberal, liberal bias on college campuses and the article goes on to explain just like in the mainstream media any common sense statement uttered by a conservative on The View is treated as absolute shock and horror during a particularly stupid conversation Tuesday about a poll which found 58% of Republicans think colleges have a negative impact on the country. Uh, liberal host uh, Jedediah Baila suggested that liberal bias in academia was probably the reason for this poll. But even the mere mention of something awry in that untouchable institution provoked outrage at the table. <sighs> and, folks, you can go watch the clip there for yourself. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg herself was, um, you know, Getting really animating, animated, saying that you know this is all a lie. How can they even? How can they even deny this after the the social justice, political correct movement, the the safe spaces, the uh, the the self segregation? How can they even deny that that there is not a liberal bias on college campuses? That that there is a liberal bias on college campuses. These are indoctrination centers. These aren't education centers. And you know, I mean, if you're going to be truthful with yourself, if you're going to be honest about the situation, um, be honest. Don't pretend to to be honest while you're being biased at the same time or trying to defend an ideology. Uh, at at least admit that you're going to be biased towards one way or the other. Like, we'll admit we're biased towards, uh, the Bible. We're biased towards, uh, Christian conservatism. And that's fine. And that's right. As as you differentiate we, we, you're talking right. We, from, we are from speculation and opinion. Um, you can be fine. wrong, right? But, but to, <laughs> to pose as some you know centric, uh, you know people and and just go left leaning constantly all the time. It's just ridiculous. And I think that's why I I'm going to continue to look into you know is the news becoming more of just an entertainment value for people during the Trump administration than anything else. Because I don't believe, I can't believe in in my mind that normal everyday people turn on stations like CNN and MSNBC to actually get the news told to them. I can't believe that yeah. people actually do that. Yeah, it's 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 sad. 
Folks, we are working, and I just want to make uh, make this announcement right now. Um, we've been we've been talking about this at different times and, and mentioning this at, at, at uh, different times. But, uh, folks, number one, I want to thank each and every one of you who has stepped up to help us grow. We have we have grown a lot. Hopefully, you can see the severe investment. And I want to say thank you to each and every one of you who have. Uh, contributed, whether it's $5 or $50 or whatever the amount has been. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We thank you so much for, for doing that. This is a listener supported show. We, what we're seeing right now take place in the United States and all across the West is this in really the war is increasing. And with the election of Donald Trump, many people had erroneously thought that there would be some reprieve. At least, you know, my goodness, we could take a breath. We could just sit back and just, oh man, at least, at least the, uh, uh, you know, the wolves are not at the door. Now they are at the door. They've scratched through the door and they're clawing, uh, into, into the, into the room. That's, the, that's where we're at today. So what we've, what we're trying to do and what we have, uh, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be expanding our programming. Of course, the core show every night is not going to change, but, uh, I'm going to be doing, uh, a program in the morning. Joe's going to be, Joe and John are going to be doing another program, but we're going to be offering you different, um, different things, uh, different investigative work products. And that's, this is the other part of the thing as well. We have, uh, assembled a team of investigative investigators, licensed multi, or multi, yeah, I'm sorry, credentialed investigators in multiple states who are, who are involved in getting the information about the seditious groups, about the pedophilia, about the, uh, uh, about all of these, 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 uh, uh, criminal actions. And we are preparing to report all of this to you. This is where your investment has gone. And I just want to say thank you so very much from the bottom of our our hearts. I also want to say this. We need to keep going. Uh, our, our <laughs> we are up outpacing our supply lines. And we 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 ask we humbly ask for your continued support. Um we we really do. And we really we really, you just cannot believe how important this is for us to keep going. And I truly believe that it is so important, more so important today than ever before, that we keep the pressure on, that we keep moving forward, that we keep pressing forward. And that does take money. It takes, it takes time and it takes people. And of course, John is, is moving across the country to be here in studio with us. Uh, that takes a, a, a commitment and a half along with a lot of, uh, with, when we're going to be expanding the studios here. And we want to give you the best possible product there is with respect to information. So having said all of that, thank you for those. Thank you to those who continue to support us. And thank you in advance for those who will support us. We really appreciate it, but it's never been this dire before. I really believe this to be the case. We need to get the good word out. We need to keep the fight going. We need to keep the pedal to the metal. And we are, we are pressed to the max all across the, all across the board. We don't have a budget like other, some other 
and I'm not going to name any other uh, news outlets. We don't ha- have even close to their budget. All we can all, all all we can do is we can just break out the duct tape and the electrical tape and use what we've got. And Eric the Tech has done such a great job. John Robertson has done such a great job. And the other thing that we've, we're attempting to do to take some of the pressure off and the increased revenue streams, we mentioned this yesterday. We've teamed up with WorldNet Daily with WND Superstore. If you purchase anything from WND Superstore, please use the code, uh, the promo code Hagman. Okay. If you're going to buy a book from WND Superstore, buy a bundle of books. Yesterday we had, uh, a great author on, uh, 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 Wage the Battle, as a matter of fact. Was the bundle. Go to WND Superstore, superstore.wnd.com and use the promo code Hagman. We get the credit for that. So having said all of that, we need to be relevant and keep the fight going. And when we depend upon you to do just that. So it is from the bottom of our hearts and, uh, it is with all of our, our thankfulness and love and concern that, uh, we really want, just want to tell you we appreciate everything you've done. Absolutely. My daughter, Jackie, is walking around with Theo, the, uh, lady's friend. Uh, let's, let's bring Theo on here. Yeah, he got a haircut. Theo, Theo is, is actually lady's, uh, lady's little brother almost. Right, buddy? And we, we have got a great picture of him talking in the microphone. Right, Theo? I don't know. You, you wanna, can you, can you talk in the microphone? <laughs> oh, you're a good buddy. You're a good buddy. How about a little kiss? Last time you bit my nose. Oh, See, the lady on the we have to take. Come on, folks. Who doesn't love animals? No, it's this? funny because uh, lady seems to know when the camera's on, and she'll wait till like one or two minutes before the show ends to come come <laughs> around the the desk here. And uh, it's funny because once in a while, if, he'll, if my dad will be on camera, sometimes she'll come over here and. And, and get up on her, on her two legs. It's like she instinctively knows which camera's on air and, and when to come down uh, or around uh, the, the studio part of the, the office here. Um, it's like she's got the, the inner clock in her head. Very interesting, but having the dogs around here definitely lighten up the mood. I know we don't focus on entertainment news too much, but I wanted to, to point, point this out. How many people remember um, Shia LaBeouf's He Will Not Divide Us movement? He was arrested again, this time in Savannah, Georgia, as he told the cop if he had his gun, he would blow his head off or something along those lines. Long story short, this guy made the uh, put up the webcam in New York City, he will not divide us, that got hijacked by a number of people. Then he put up the he will not divide us flag in, in some desert in Arizona, and the people from 4chan found it and took it down. And The guy's been uh, a very uh, hostile anti-Trump supporter. But he continues to have these drunken outbursts where he's ranting about Trump's, and Trump and, and uh, the Trump administration, also using racial slurs and uh, talking about violence against police. And it seems like he's spiraling himself into um, into a, a, the lack of a career if he ever... Well, I guess he did have one. He was with the Transformers movie. He was big in the Transformers movie. But you talk about self-destruction... Um, this is a, a, a perfect case of, of somebody who's ruining their own career, who is self-destructing, and is doing so seemingly publicly along political lines. Uh, but it seems there's other substances involved. 
including alcohol, but this is just one of many arrests uh, that he has in public instances where he has been um, making a fool of himself. Just uh, very, very sad to see. Folks, we will be right back with Brandon House after these short messages. Don't go anywhere. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Erickson. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family, masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Chang Post in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to aging major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We're offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HADMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Armies kit at www.changefacewoods.com. Your life may depend on it. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Guess this segment, Brandon House, 
worldviewweekend.com. Uh, coming right out of the gate, look, folks, I'm going to tell you right flat out. Muslims in this country are, are being aligned with communists. That's that much we know. But flat out, straight up, there are Christians out there, conservative Christians and Christians, period. Conservatives and Christians and Christian conservatives and just Christians are being deceived. They're being lied to by people that they have looked up to, by people that they believe in to provide them with sound biblical doctrine. One of the people, in my estimation, my personal opinion, again, listen to me carefully, this is my personal opinion, is that of this Dr. James White. Now, you might recall, and you might not agree with me, and if you don't agree with me, that's fine. But Dr. James White had on his dais at at, at the church uh, a Muslim who has less than a stellar resume. All right, and uh, it referred to him as his mentor in, in such matters of Islam. The fact of the matter is, and the bottom line is this, and we're going to turn it over to, to uh, Brandon House. The fact of the matter is this. In these times, we have to be careful not to be deceived. Muslims, Christians do not worship the same God. It doesn't make it true when George W. Bush says it. It doesn't make it true when anyone else says it. We do not worship the same God. Islam is a death cult, in my personal opinion. You cannot, you cannot, uh, cozy up to or expect to coexist as a Christian Muslim. If that's the case, then it's an apostate Muslim. Very simple. End of story. That said, Brandon House, what's the latest? Come on board, my friend. Thanks for well, joining us. Thank you for having me on once again. The latest is, yet uh, here we are. Now, I started this on June 7th, 2017. Uh, I did uh, my last radio show on this on July, uh, I think it was July 7th. We kind of then said, you know, we've covered it. If anything new comes up, we'll come back to it. We moved on. But we covered this from June 7th to July 7th. We've released now three out of four TV shows. The fourth TV show will be released this next week. They can watch those at WVWTV.com. Very simple. Stands for Worldview Weekend. WVWTV.com. They'll find them. Well, we've been warning about what James White did with Yasser Qadi as being very dangerous spiritually and a national security threat because of who Yasser Qadi is. But wouldn't you know that last week Linda Sarsour came out at a conference and declared that uh, she would like to see Allah accept their uh, jihad on the White House and its occupant, the fascist in the White House. So wait a minute. I had to go to a search engine real quick and thought to myself, hmm, I wonder if Linda Saussure is friends with Yasser Qadi. They sound kind of similar to me, in my opinion. So sure enough, I typed in Yasser Qadi and Linda Saussure, and what did I find? Yasser Qadi brought her to our town right here in Memphis where I live, where he runs the mosque, who, by the way, I've been writing about in my book, 2012, Religious Trojan Horse, I warned about Yasser Qadi. Sure enough, he brought her, Linda Sassour, to the to our town in last year, 2016. I sent this off to Robert Spencer at jihadwatch.org. I said, hey, look at this. This woman calling for a jihad on the White House or on Trump. He knows, they know they know each other. Yasser Qadi and her know each other. He said, oh, I can do better than that. And he sends me the picture of what he says is Yasser Qadi and Linda Sosur at the very same conference together in which she said this. And then, of course, what we found are Facebook posts 
where she praises Yasser and on Facebook, Yasser praises her. And so we tweeted, hey, James White, are you prepared now to denounce yet again our request to denounce Yasser Qadi? Uh, we're getting cricket still. So, you know, even the national media guys is now reporting on this, this Linda Saussure. Well, here we have major evangelical leaders defending James White and his interfaith dialogue with Yasser Qadi, who praises Linda Saussure, and according to Robert Spencer, was actually at that conference where Linda Saussure called for jihad on the White House. How much more clear can I make this, that this is a spiritual problem, a spiritual threat, and a national security threat? You, you know, you're exactly right. Spiritual threat, national security threat. People have to be morons, in my view, not to understand that. And, and I'll say this, Brandon House, to Dr. James White, I, I do not like to speak ill of anyone without them, without the ability for them to come on the show. Dr. James White, you have the ability. I am giving you the invitation to appear on this platform. You will have a friendly platform for which to debate Brandon House and the people that uh, um, uh, that Brandon House brings on. So, uh, he won't do it. I don't think he'll do it. We've been telling him this for five weeks. Debate Usama Dakdok. He won't do it. He said in one of his posts he was too busy. Maybe he can fix it, fit, fit it in next year. Well, I think he just, according to his Twitter feed, was biking in Colorado for like three days. So, yes, Usama Dakdok called and said, wait a minute. I thought the guy was too busy to debate, but he's, right. he can ride his bike. So he said this has turned into a comedy. That's what Usama told me on the phone last night. So this is very troubling. By the way, I was going back through my book. Religious Trojan Horse, in which I wrote in 2011 and came out in 2012, warning about Yasser Qadi in this book as part of the Trojan Horse in America. 2012, here we are, 2017. I didn't go looking for this controversy. I've been writing about Yasser Qadi since 2012, speaking about him on the radio since before that. And James White, as I have said before, comes to our town and holds this interfaith dialogue with this jihadi preaching, Jew, uh, I would say Jew-hating, Holocaust-denying, Hitler-defending imam. I believe that's what he is, based on what I've heard him say. And we have an audio clip of him. Do you want to play that now? You know, cue, cue that up right now. So stand by. And uh, here it comes. I uh, think. As for 80 to 90% of the Jews in our times, they are Ashkenazis, i.e. Khazar, i.e. Russians, Turco-Russians. Look at them. White, crooked nose, blonde hairs. This is not the descendants of Yaqub. These are not, these are not a Semitic people. Look at them. They don't look like Semites. And they are not Semites. And like I'm telling you, I'm not inventing this from the top of my head. When I read it for the first time, I couldn't believe it either. This is just too good to be true, as they say. So I went back and I looked up Encyclopedia Judaica. Okay? Look it up yourselves. And they are so embarrassed about this fact. That is why they don't publicize it. And even in the Encyclopedia Judaica, there's just a few paragraphs. Khazars, it was a group that existed and so and so, and a lot of them converted to Judaism. That's it. Just a few lines. But if you look at the Christian textbooks and the Muslim textbooks, that's where you get the details. Because even the Christians like to take a poke at them as well in this, okay? The majority of Jews in our times, 80 to 90%, and especially the Jews in Eastern Europe, almost 100% of them, all of these Polish Jews that Hitler was supposedly trying to exterminate, that's another point, by the way, uh, 
Hitler never intended to mass uh, destroy the Jews there are a number of books out written by Christians on this you should read them The Hoax of the Holocaust I advise you to read this book you want to write this down The Hoax of the Holocaust a very good book all of this is false propaganda and I know it sounds so far-fetched in these theories but read it the evidences are very strong and they'll ta they're talking about newspaper articles clippings everything and look up yourself what Hitler really wanted to That's just, we're not defending Hitler by the way but what the Jews the way that they portray him also is not correct Wow, that's uh, that's very interesting. And uh, you were right; there is some. He even said he wasn't, but it sounded like a Hitler defending there. Yeah, well, we're not defending Hitler, but he goes on to defend Hitler, I think. And this is again linked on the website of GatestoneInstitute.com. Uh, it might be .org. You guys can check, but I think it's GatestoneInstitute.com. And you guys can and can visit that website. It is a very credible website. I know some of the people that work at that organization. And they linked this audio and said, this is Yasser Khadi. Sure sounds like him, too. Uh, and many reports have put out on the, on the Internet, news reports have put out that he has said this kind of thing. So, again, I would ask the question, how can anyone defend sitting in a church in an interfaith dialogue saying you want to you sense a kindred spirit with this man, you want to find common ground with this man, you want this man to make a video to teach, James White says, my community, which he means the church, I assume, Christians, the true face of Islam, and say this man is a consistent Muslim who is moving to the left. This is garbage, and, and, and yet the good old boy club uh, has attacked us on social media. Many of them have lied about us, lied, absolute lies, because when you can't uh, def defend your boy and what he's done, you go after the messenger. Yes, we broke the story. Uh, I'm being attacked because I'm the messenger that broke the story, gave the platform to Usama Dakdok and Sharam Hadian, brought it to you guys. But you know what? That's fine. Uh, I, I'm a big boy, but here's what's really sad. You would think that all the information we produced about who Yasser Qadi is and what he has said would cause many people to look at the Bible even and say, well, 2 John 9-11 says we can't do this. You know, it makes it very clear. If someone comes to you bringing something other than the doctrine of Christ, the essential Christian doctrines, don't greet them, meaning don't give them a, 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 a greeting of spiritual solidarity. It says don't invite them into your home. Doesn't mean you can't have a hamburger with your unsaved neighbor. Doesn't mean you can't go to a ball game. Doesn't mean they can't be your friend. No, the context is false teachers. You don't give them a greeting of spiritual solidarity as was done in that day by which then they can use that your credibility in your community as a platform to deceive people, which is exactly what interfaith dialogue and care wants to do. And we have quoted Second John 9-11. through We have quoted national security experts. We have quoted former Muslims. So we've dis dis described the spiritual problem and the national security problem. So what does James do? He comes out last week. And he writes an article, or actually on June 30th, entitled Second John 9-11 Examined, in which he says that Second John 9-11 doesn't apply to him, and uh, it maybe doesn't even apply to today because we don't do the holy kiss, and it actually applies to Christian teachers uh, who are teaching wrong. We have looked for theologians and commentaries going back 200 years. We can't find anyone that teaches this other than James White. The point is this. You would think some of his so-called conservative Bible uh, ministry, pastors, elders, friends, would come out and say, James, okay, now that's a bridge too far. I mean, I would think defending a guy and calling a guy a moderate and you want to sense a kindred spirit with a guy that just said what we just heard is a bridge too far. But surely some of these pastors and elders could come out and say, no, now you're twisting scripture to justify yourself. We can't tolerate that. No, they've not said anything either. And what's really shocking is you have guys that have, for m most of the, many, many years, I would say, many, many years, have had solid ministries like Dr. John MacArthur, who has spoken at my conference via Skype in 2015, been on my radio show twice, 
Um, we've committed his ministry. We've given his college and seminary free booths at our conferences. We have a lot of respect for Dr. John MacArthur. I don't even know if he knows this is going on. But the executive director of his organization, Grace to You, Phil Johnson, has been all over social media defending his boy, his friend, James White. Now, again, I expect this from the mainline liberals. I expect this from the social justice warriors. I expect this from the neo-evangelicals. But I'm stunned at the so-called reformed, Calvinist, Bible people that can defend this interfaith dialogue after we've laid out all the evidence. You don't have to take me, my word for it. You can hate me. You can think I'm a jerk. And maybe sometimes I am. And if I am, I apologize. And maybe I don't always say things as politically correct or as soft and gentle as I should. If that's the case, I apologize for that. But please, don't let me and my personality or my passion become a stumbling block for the truth of defending the country and the church and the gospel and the church against what the groups like CARE and Muslim Brotherhood have said is their goal. And would you have ever thought that you would have the executive director of John MacArthur's ministry, Grace to You, Bill Johnson, calling us out, defending this, and saying this is exaggerated and overblown by Brandon House, as has been quoted in the American Thinker. I don't think opposing someone sitting at a church trying to find common ground with a guy that just said what we just heard is overblown. Not to mention, guys, here is an article going all the way back to 2010 by Fox News. Plans to build massive Islamic centers raise concerns in Tennessee. Here's what it says about Yasser Qadi. Uh, he himself studied under terrorist Imam Ali al-Temi, who was sentenced to life in prison after being convicted of encouraging some of his followers soon after 9-11 attacks to join the violent jihad against Americans in Afghanistan and who offered them a recommendation on a terror camp where they could get training and instructions. Al-Temi also famously celebrated the crash of the space shuttle Columbia in 2003, saying, quote, his heart felt certain good omens, end quote, and, quote, Muslims were overjoyed because of the adversity that befell their greatest enemy, end quote, and that's according to the indictment, and there's a link to the indictment. The article goes on to say, in a letter, and the Fox News provides a link to it, in, def- in a letter issued in defense of his former teacher, Cotty said to many, quote, played an instrumental role in shaping and directing me to take the path that has led me to where I am today, end quote. I mean, and you would you really think that the executive director of a Bible-preaching ministry that has called out interfaith dialogues, ecumenicalism, uh, properly taught 2 John 9-11, properly taught 2 Corinthians 6-14-17, would have an executive director of the min- his ministry all over social media defending this? Again, I expect this from the neo-evangelicals. I expect this from the mainline. We are the last defense. Uh, conservative talk radio, uh, the Tea Party groups, the Patriots are the last defense for national security. But I would, I would go a step further and say true Bible-believing Christians are the last line of defense, not only for the national security, but the spiritual security of people. And I'm hearing from young people that are confused. They're saying, I don't think I agree with what James White did, but I really don't know now because I'm confused by all the so-called pastors and elders of so-called Bible churches defending him. So now we have a spiritual threat to the church, and I don't care if it makes me the most unpopular person in the world. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not laying down for this. I'm sorry. Too many Christians, millions have died to not to not deny Christ. In fact, my friend Usama Dakdok, born and raised in Egypt, was on my show last week at WorldViewRadio.com, telling the stories of 27 men that would not say the Shahada 
when the Muslim Brotherhood came to their, their town, their small little town in Egypt, and they would not say the Shahada and convert to Islam. You know what Muslim Brotherhood did? And by the way, Yasser Qadi is Muslim Brotherhood, according to tons of news reports. CARE is a front group for Muslim Brotherhood. Right. This is Hamas. Yep. You know what those men did? What happened to them when they would not say the Shahada and convert to Islam, these Christian men in Egypt? Execution. Well, first, they had to watch their wives and daughters be raped. And then they were beheaded. And I could go on and tell you stories of Usama's dad's church. He planted, he was a Baptist preacher in Egypt, born and raised there. His family's from there for generations, planting Baptist churches all over Egypt, burned to the ground by Muslim Brotherhood. He told me numerous stories of Christians that uh, his dad built an apartment building for the people in his church to live in and have safety and security together. Muslim Brotherhood came in and destroyed some of those and was intimidating those people. And that's when Usama got his dad out of the country when he came here and only lived a few months and died. You know, this is Muslim Brotherhood. By the way, I've got more than enough research to show you Muslim Brotherhood was instrumental in the final solution. The, the man who founded Muslim Brotherhood, Albana, worked with the, the um, uh, uh, Mufti of Jerusalem, Al Hussein, right. and together they orchestrated the final solution. There are incredible books written that say that Hitler was going to let a lot of the Jews leave Hungary and Bulgaria, but the Grand Mufti said, no, if you do, they'll end up back in Palestine, where I'm at, and I don't want all those Jews over there. And numerous reports show that he was instrumental in the creation of the final solution, the murder of 5 million Jews, 6 million non-Jews, and that he would show up at the death chambers, the death camps, to oversee it and make sure it was on schedule. You could go online right now and type in the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem and Adolf Hitler and see pictures of them working together. There are numerous reports from John Gondola, Chris Gobbitz, and many others showing Muslim Brotherhood is who CARE is, and that is who Yasser Qadi works with. And pray tell, we have people from Bible ministries defending, sitting there with him? Oh, they'll say, well, we wouldn't do this in our church, but the gospel was given, and therefore I think you can find something edifying about it. Again, as I said last time I was on your program, the Bible does not give any kind of loophole or footnote uh, or escape hatch if the gospel is presented, which I don't think it was in the first uh, event in the church here in our town. Maybe something was said in that vein in the mosque. Still doesn't make it right. But I've studied Adolf Hitler and what he did. And I studied the German Christians and what they did in Germany in the 1930s. And they brought the the Nazi flag into their church. They, they removed the Bible and put in the Mein Kampf. They took down the cross and put up the swastika. They swore their sons into the service of the SS in the churches of Germany, the quote German Christians, working with the Nazis. That's right. Did you ever think you would see so-called American Christians in 2017 after 9-11 and all the terrorism we've seen around the world and Christians killed by Muslims around the world, that we'd see them defending someone sitting at a church seeking common ground, sensing a kindred spirit, and wanting someone to make a video to teach Christians the true faith of Islam in a church, and they would defend that? How are we not become the, quote, American Christians like the German, the, the Christian Germans that were giving a ground to Nazism, how are they not doing the same with Islamo-Nazism? And this is Islamo-Nazism. I mean, just go to discoverthenetworks.org. Discoverthenetworks.org. And type in Jihadi's Nazi Connections. Go to frontpagemag.com. Type in Hitler and the Muslims. Um, I've got more research on what the Muslim Brotherhood was doing in distributing the works of Hitler 
translating Mein Kampf into Arabic, the, the Al Husseini, the Grand Mufti in Jerusalem, you'll see pictures of him with Hitler. He got over 10,000 Muslim men to wear the Nazi uniform with the crescent moon and the sword and the swastika. Most of them, a lot of them, Bosnian Muslims. That This was Islamo-Nazism. And we're dealing with it today, and Christian ministries want to defend this, justify this. Why? Because it's their friend, their boy, it's pragmatism. They didn't give this kind of pass to Rick Warren, John Piper, Mark Driscoll. No, but it's their friend. It's a sad day in America and within evangelicalism when what we thought were the watchmen in their organizations are being, I believe, pragmatic, good old boy compromisers, and pray tell some of the leaders of these ministries that I respect will we'll hear about it, because I'm not sure some of them have. But this is a poor testimony, and if we're going to be good Christian citizens, we need to be on guard against this. But if we're going to be good citizens of, of Christ's kingdom, we need to be on guard against this. This is, again, a national security issue and a spiritual issue. No, you're exactly correct, and we, we expect to be protected by our religious or spiritual leaders or Christian leaders. We expect that level of protection with the understanding that, that uh, the doctrine will be, will be sound. And this is not what's taking place in my view. Uh, I am no Bible expert. I am no, I, look, I'm not a minister. I'm not a pastor. I'm not, I'm going to say that right up front. But I am an investigator and I do understand when, uh, there are liberties being taken and we are being gamed. In this case, we are being gamed, and they're laughing at us. We see this this uh, this takeover, this infiltration. We see every time, uh, and I can't believe this, uh, uh, or I can believe this, uh, churches that that are being turned into mosques, and this interfaith celebration taking place when, in fact, the Muslims are laughing at the Christians, saying, you know, this is a victorious event. People and and the problem, Brandon, and I'm going to turn this back to you. I think the problem, most problems arise because uh, Americans, especially Americans, Canadians, the people in the West, we cannot think like the Muslims. We don't think like that. Uh, We're not built that way. Our minds are not work. They don't don't work that way. And I think that that that's that's a big problem. Yeah. Well, I think that's one reason why education, that's one reason why education is so important. And what you try to do on this program, you bring on the experts and you try to educate people. But what's sad is when you lay all the facts out for over a month with a former Muslim, Sharam Hadian, Arabic speaking Islamic expert from Egypt, Usama Dakdok, that former FBI counterterrorism expert, John Gondola, a man that infiltrated care undercover for six months, Chris Gobbitz. Yep. When you bring all these experts on and you try to say, this is who these people are, this is what they're doing, and this is why it's a problem, and then we bring the biblical admonishments. Uh, it's, it is, you know, when I wrote the book in 2012, Religious Trojan Horse, I, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was this bad. And these people are being used, I know they don't like the term, they're being used as useful idiots for cultural jihad. Let me give you a quote here. This comes from an article on AmericanThinker.com. Back in 2012, understanding Islamofascism, uh, the, the the Muslim Brotherhood did indeed find common ground with the Nazis, and this is written by uh, Jan Anton Silverman. He says, "Quote: When Hitler came to power in the 1930s, he and the Nazi intelligence made contact with Muslim Brotherhood founder and leader Albana to see if they could work together. Banna was also a devout admirer of Hitler. Banna's letters to Hitler were so supportive that he and other members of the Muslim Brotherhood." were recruited by Nazi military intelligence to provide information on the British and work covertly to undermine British control in Egypt. 
Banna himself said he had, quote, considerable admiration for the Nazi brown shirts, end quote, and organized his own forces along fascist lines. Banna's Brotherhood also collaborated with the overtly fascist Young Egypt Movement, founded in October 1933. Here's another article. This one, uh, and I did a whole hour on radio on this. This is coming from frontpagemag.com, The Ghost of Auschwitz in the Muslim World, 2015, by Daniel Greenfield. He writes, at the beginning of the decade, Muslim Brotherhood godfather Sayyad Qadav, and I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, had written his own Mein Kampf titled, Our Struggle Against the Jews, in which he claimed that Allah had sent Hitler. The claims have more recently been repeated by the Muslim Brotherhoods Yusuf uh, Al-Rawadi on Al Jazeera, and they provide a link in 09. Quote, the last punishment was carried out by Hitler. Allah willing, the next time will be at the hand of the believers. End quote. So again, this still continues, and Muslim Brotherhood is care. It's a, care is a front group for Muslim Brotherhood, according to many. They're connected to Hamas, according to numerous reports and experts. And numerous reports say this is who Yasser Qadi has openly worked with as well. Not to mention, we now have uh, the screenshots of him praising Linda Sassour, Linda Sassour praising him. She's calling for jihad on our president. I mean, and evangelicals want to defend sitting with a Muslim Brotherhood jihad preaching, Hitler defending uh, the Holocaust is propaganda imam, and say this is okay to do in a church, and, 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 and that this is not a problem biblically, not to mention national security-wise. Look, if Rick Warren were doing this, if Rosie O'Donnell were doing this, if any anybody else was doing this, they would be on this like white on rice. But for many, it's because this is part of the evangelical club. Again, I expect this from the mainline churches, the liberals, the neo-evangelicals, not from evangelicalism. It is really a sad, sad state of affairs we find ourselves in when we're being maligned on social media, absolute 100% lies that we can prove. And frankly, I've been holding my tongue for about a month on some of these people and their organizations, hoping they would repent or their leaders would find out what was going on and tell them to sit down and be quiet. But maybe in one regard, this is a good thing, so Christians can find out who are the people they should really be supporting and following. Who is really going to count the cost when it when it uh, when the rubber meets the road? I, for one, I'm not I'm not about to betray my Christian brothers who have died, seen their wives and daughters raped, refuse to say the shahad and convert. If they can go through that, I can go through whatever garbage they want to throw at me. Bring it on. Amen, brother. Thank you, Brandon House. Thank World you so much. WorldvyWeekend.com is the website. Brandon, thanks for coming on again. That's a just a fantastic segment. We look wow. forward to talking with you again in the near future. Thank you for having me, guys. I sure appreciate you guys. God bless. We appreciate you, too. We'll be right back after these messages. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. 
Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Each and every Tuesday night, we bring on Stan Dale from standeo.com, and we go over a number of uh, pieces of news and, and research that Stan is always working on. And folks, go to standeo.com, click on the Show Images page. It's on the right-hand side of the page under the YouTube banner right next to the microphone, and you can follow along with us and, and what uh, Stan is talking about. Stan, welcome back to the show. Just for another week, it looks like, guys. How things over your part of the world? Well, we're still in one piece, so can't really complain. Well, I tell you, the news just gets worse and worse, doesn't it? Political situation, war threats, amazing. Yeah. I, I don't know, Stan. Um, everything looks rosy to me. <laughs> <laughs> Take those glasses off there, Doug. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something, isn't it? I mean, so much taking place with respect to the well, politically, domestically here. Uh, all throughout North America geopolitically, and then, of course, the earth changes. And, and, and th- this is where all of these roads meet. Your hour, all of the roads kind of meet, and we get your um, expert analysis, and we look forward to it. So where to, where, where, where to start in this in this? Mess? Well, interesting thing, you know, the earth changes thing. Um, 
I think probably the first thing will be uh, what's on my slide 50 on the show images page. Yeah, I just made that about 10 minutes ago. It's a clip uh, or a snapshot of the earthquakes over um, uh, Richter 2.5 over the last four years on the kind of western part of the United States. If you can pull that up, you'll see that these earthquakes form kind of um, circular or loop-type patterns. Now, we've had those in Montana recently, which uh, you know was a, you know, what, nearly a thousand or more type little earthquakes, and people got excited about that, but when you look at it, over the last four years, there have been a lot of earthquakes in that area and in a pattern that goes like a circle down into Yellowstone, and then it goes into Yellowstone and south down into a, a long line where those yellow arrows are down to where the red is, and it, it outlines weaknesses in the North American plate, uh, tectonic plate, to the east of all these little gray dots is more of the uh, basement level um, rock underneath us that's stable. Uh, that's called the craton. But from where all the yellow arrows and red arrows are going, you know, to the west, all that area is unstable. And we can believe it and, and see where it might be starting to fracture. Um, I'm going to refer to this in a minute with another article about the uh, Mammoth Lake volcano. Uh, actually, the mouth of it is moving. Uh, it's not stable. It's moving, you know, away from where its position was, not up and down, but it's moving laterally, uh, which indicates a very worrying thing for seismologists, but we'll get to that in just a second. Look where the red arrows are here. These outline the uh, long, productive uh, San Joaquin Valley in California where a lot of our crops are, are grown and it's completely ringed by earthquakes all around there that, as I say last four years only and you can see that it's leading out to the bottom of the Juan de Fuca uh, plate as well all these things indicate to me that we're definitely not imagining stuff when we think that the earthquake changes volcanoes and stuff like that are increasing and in places where they have not traditionally gone um, so keep watching uh, the uh, uh, the site here. I mean, I'll have what I can on it. Um, now, the moving volcano, if you go to the slide 48, link is into that. Um, and you'll see that this um, arrow points to any national forest or Yosemite National Park right in the middle of it, where this uh, mammoth uh, or Long Valley caldera sits. Now, I think they're talking about Lassen Peak when they start to say that it's moving, but it gives you in this article, which you can see if you click on that link, how many millimeters in this direction or that per year uh, the peak or the, the mouth of the old volcano is moving. This indicates not only is it moving, but the land around it is moving. And it's not a good thing. The USGS guys are... Uh, to quote them, concerned over this. Uh, and it is, of course, right in that area we're looking at in the other slide of the uh, the pattern of earthquakes that tell us the weaknesses you know, west of the Craton Edge um, that the United States sits on. Anyway, this is a good article to read. To skip over all the, the heavy data from the USGS uh, as the article states, and they summarize it and say this about that that peak. Out of nowhere, the 
mountain started moving several times faster than it's ever moved before in a direction it hasn't, it's not supposed to be moving while shaking like a leaf and belching poisonous gas. So that summarizes the data, which make you go blind trying to figure it out. But anyway, that's a good article. Uh, go to it and uh, see what's happening there. Uh, slide 46 uh, shows the the current activity last week of earthquakes in the United States, including uh, in this case uh, both uh, California or sorry the U.S. and uh, Alaska. We've been hearing about flurries in Alaska, which, you know, is indicative of something happening along that whole mm, edge at the seabed there from the Gulf of Alaska along the Aleutian Trench. Now, put this up there so we can see here, even in today's uh, seven-day quakes, if you look at the lower right-hand side where you see the yellow hazard zones, the USGS post uh, for the lower 48 and for Alaska, the yellow path has some little kind of darker red splotches in it around um, Salt Lake. Oh, sorry, that's probably between Salt Lake City and Denver, about halfway. And you can see that they, in their their uh, hazard map, show the same pattern I was showing you in that first slide tonight that tells you all those areas in the yellow, and especially the red areas, are probably not the cleverest place to live. Uh, in the current environment but everything is changing uh, and even the sun for for goodness sakes the sun is um, e emitting uh, flares and coronal mass ejections which are causing minor uh, magnetic storms here but we're supposed to be at the bottom of the solar sunspot cycle you know uh, not very many sunspots quiet sun uh, this has got the solar physicists scratching their head in several areas as well <clears throat> I don't uh I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm reasonably certain here in the next month or so we're going to see some rather surprising results from the, the sun itself. Uh, why is an instability in the nuclear chemistry? Of course, that gets to the argument I have about the, the way we date the age of the universe is incorrect and that things happen a lot quicker than millions and billions of years in stars. Uh, because they've got to, to fulfill the prophecy about the sun going dark, don't they? Yeah, and we have that um that uh oh goodness that that eclipse coming up. And I read an article, the reason I bring the eclipse up with the earthquakes is there was, I believe it was on Drudge today. Uh, let me see if it's still there. That talked about the chance of the uh the Yellowstone being affected by the solar eclipse that's going to happen I believe on the 21st of August, is it? Yeah. And I di I didn't understand um is, is that is there precedent there for eclipses to um, change or be able to shift tectonic plates or uh, oh yeah that's yeah, uh, but yeah. It, it, not only does it happen then but when the moon uh, you know uh, goes through various phases uh, relative to the earth we see uh, tides uh, raising and lowering of land and water both and um, if there's an earthquake wanting to trigger sometimes that raising and lowering even you know a few millimeters um, does run the risk of triggering the, the massive earthquake now when we have a, a, a solar eclipse basically all that's doing is saying that the gravitational force of the sun that we normally get all the time anyway will have the added input 
foot of the the moon, which is a closer body and will affect it stronger than the sun will. But when the two are aligned over an area, it may trigger something that is about to happen anyway, just a little bit ahead of schedule. Other than that, I'm not sure that the solar eclipses do trigger along the pathway or uh, you know earthquakes. Uh, it would certainly seem logical that, that that line would be the strongest point of the gravitational pull on the Earth of the moon uh, when it's you know blocking out the sun. So we, we'll wait and see. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, traffic on the Internet about that, but I'm not sure that it's time to move yet. <laughs> uh, having said that, of course, um, if you look at something I found over the weekend here in image uh, 44, uh, you'll see in that image, if you click on it, uh, on just the image, you'll see a picture of this kind of red outline of something underneath the western United States, which is basically on the, you know, the west side of the, of the stable craton of the United States. That red pinky stuff is what they've discovered as a massive molten bed or pool of carbon, molten carbon. And that's underneath their surface, about 220 miles. Um, the thing that intrigues me is that this, even though this is like seven times lower than we see earthquakes and stuff on the near the surface, uh, it does create hot spots that eventually push up uh, into the lithosphere where you know we see volcanoes come from. This may be the main driving heat source underneath us that creates the volcanoes of you know, Washington and uh, Oregon and uh, you know Yellowstone um, and those that were a long time ago in um, let's see in New Mexico and in Arizona. Anyway, look at this, and when you see that reddish kind of pattern there, knowing that that's a real heat bank underneath us and driver for you know vents. Then go to the, uh, in slide 44, go to the text portion at the bottom, which links you to the, the article. And uh, they say that not only they just discovered it, the area is about the size of Mexico uh, underneath uh, the United States as far as that heat thing. Um, I don't know whether this is just, um, you know, gosh, we just discovered this, this thing and there's you know nothing to worry about. We just found a new thing or whether... This is a subtle way to pass on warnings to people who might be living close to a potential eruption zone, and I'm not, I'm not sure that we, you know, we may not see um, action in Montana where that swarm occurred over the last few weeks. Um, it is in a place that I, I think we could say yes, it's over the uh, the hot uh, you know, molten carbon pool, but it's also in a pathway that we saw on the first slide coming from a connection to Yellowstone and up around. It forms part of a, a big loop itself, a weakness in the crust there, if you wish. Um, so, if anything, I'm saying that people that live, you know, close to these areas where we see the earthquakes uh, might be thinking that they should prepare to endure some of these hazards with, you know, prepared information like Holly's got in the book, the, the Dare to Prepare book, and, and there's also information in a a uh, DVD uh, or CD-ROM actually which uh, shows the prudent places to live in the states and it does outline some of these problems so you prepare or you move you know I think uh, the moving is probably a good idea if you're in California um, and up in Washington State things are a little bit tense up there as far as the geology 
there's some argument as to whether the three uh, volcanoes, uh, Rainier, uh, St. Helens, and uh, Mount Adams, whether there is a common pool of magma under them that is feeding them. And uh, this is done, uh, uh, put forward by, I think it was the Australian research team. Our guys at the USGS aren't sure that's the case, but if you look at this article we're talking about here, we're showing the, the molten carbon underneath uh, Washington State. You'll see it very nicely fits in all three volcanoes we're talking about. And um, then you go back along that path over to where Yellowstone is and realize that if you kind of look slightly up to where the red stops and the, the map continues in green, that is the area we're looking at that swarm in Montana. So right on the edge of that, that's active. So maybe there is something to be concerned about that, uh, that area in Montana in the long term. Um, but definitely changes are happening that are uh, interesting, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, we've seen a oh. lot of... Uh... Yeah, sorry, go, go on. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Sam. Well, I was going to say in slide 45, um, I, I plotted uh, uh, earthquakes over Richter II uh, between 1980 and 2017, which is, you know, 37 years worth of data. And you'll see uh, some red and yellow uh, earthquake symbols there in Montana. That's where the latest swarm has occurred. And then you see the little yellow ones down the corner of Wyoming where the uh, other uh, swarms have occurred uh, in the uh, Yellowstone Park area. But they are part of that gray glob, that snaky-looking pattern coming from the southern part, uh, southwestern part of Montana, or sorry, Wyoming, going up through and curling into Idaho and back up into Montana. Um, again, this is another indicator to me that something could well be brewing up in the Montana link. Um, so we can't exit out entirely. Now, what were you going to say, uh, Joe? Just that there's been, there seems to have been a lot of interest, uh, in the, in the news lately pertaining to earthquakes and especially volcanoes and volcanic activity. And I don't know. Uh, where where it's coming from, at least for with the volcano stuff. Uh, I know you you've been talking about it for a long time, but um, even uh, Steve Quill, what was it last week, two weeks ago, said there was um, some false hype about um, some Yellowstone danger that was imminent that was being reported by uh, somebody or another. But uh, I'm just seeing it out in in um, just on regular news sites. You know, talks about. Geological changes, earthquakes, and, and volcanoes a lot more this month, I think, than, than we've seen in the past. And whether that's a coincidence or it's done uh, for, as a matter of purpose, I don't know. But uh, we're seeing more and more of it. Well, have you guys noticed also in the last, say, month or so that the, oh, I guess, some of the news agencies and some of the movies being put on the, 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 uh, the dish, you know, talk about asteroids and asteroid impact and that's kind of in mainstream news, kind of being talked about the danger of asteroids, uh, like like we're getting conditioned for more of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that seems the that's one of the big uh, doom lines that they have in in movies, um, you know, from Armageddon to um, oh, I don't even know what some of the better doomsday movies are. It's either aliens or or asteroids or uh, a combination of the the geological disasters. But yeah, I mean that's they do base a lot of uh uh blasters around well, 
There's a there's a new one now uh, on asteroid uh, threat and things coming onto the, uh, the sci-fi channels. One of them there about it's called Salvation. It starts tomorrow night. Again, they're addressing. I heard about that. Uh, with thirteen, say again. I, I had just heard about that recently. I, I no, it's going to be thought. thirteen episodes, Holly said, and and uh, you know we've been seeing it creep up on the screen. It's just you know between that and volcanoes and earthquake stuff creeping into the mainstream news, all those could be connected if we have a big strike from a, an asteroid. You know, there, certainly we'll have volcanoes. Certainly we'll have more earthquakes related to the impact. I just you know. <laughs> There have been so many times in the past we've talked about it, you guys, uh, about uh, you'll open the news up and it'll say, well, that was close. Uh, asteroid passed really close to Earth yesterday. Uh, we didn't see it coming. And, you know, you think, well, thanks for that. I, I feel a lot better now. I, I sleep a lot sounder. <laughs> yeah. But when you hear them, but if the movies and this kind of stuff, this is, you know, I, I suppose if I were in charge of the government, I might try that approach to... Get the aware people, wherever they are, aware of the clear and present danger without telling them exactly. And they will get prepared or move to a safer place or whatever and not panic the entire uh, economy and industry of the United States or the world for that matter. Uh, this is a, a tremendous burden if you're a USGS scientist trying to estimate or guesstimate, I suppose is a better word, Guesstimate when a big volcanic eruption is going to occur or big earthquake in, say, in the West Coast is going to occur. You may have data that says it's going to happen in the next three weeks or ten days or, or several hours. But if you are wrong and you release that information officially to the, to the country and it doesn't happen, you will have impacted the economy and the civil order all over the, the country because you know, news travels so fast in our Internet age that people, all of a sudden, everyone knows. They tweet or tweet to each other, and, you know, it's out there. And there will be a panic of the herd, especially, I think, the, the younger people that aren't prepared. You know, I guess we call them the millennial generation, but, you know, they're not going to know what to do, and, and there's going to be chaos in the streets. And then the earthquake and the volcano or the asteroid impact, whatever they were talking about officially, doesn't happen. Of course... We will have really impacted communities because of the panic and the looting and stuff that would occur, and perhaps even collapse the, uh, the share markets and the, the global economy for a couple of days or longer if it uh, lasts in a civil disorder yeah. range. I'm, I'm not a fan of, of um, uh, I, and, I, and I've, I've well, I, I should say this: I've seen channels uh, do investigate. Open their investigation, uh, investigations, research, whatever it might be, multiple channels, uh, uh, conduct investigations where, where they will show where evidence indicates, uh, a certain, uh, conclusion. And it's too, yeah, it's too early in the investigation, in my view. Uh, well, I think, first of all, I think it's bad for him because it, 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 for a number of reasons. But what you're, what you're saying, yeah, I, I agree. And my only question is, what is the, what's the answer or what's the happy medium or is there one in, in situations, especially situations that you're referencing? Well, look, uh, 
if you're in ground zero of where an asteroid strikes, you know, one that can take out a city or something like that, that'd probably be the best thing if you had to go. It'd be quick. In a flash, you're gone. But if you're living in areas outside the impact zone, you need to, and you probably survive, you need to have food, water, uh, energy. Uh, you know, you've got to rebuild your community after this happens. Um, and like when Katrina hit uh, the, the coast down in Louisiana and Mississippi, we had a judge down there was living on the edge of town out in the, in the, uh, the woods a bit, and he had neighbors who had their cabins and houses around them. But he had prepared using Holly's their repair book. He had the generator, fuel, food, and that stuff. His house was the only one that wasn't clobbered by the hurricane. So after you know the dust settled, as it were, his neighbors came to him and he said, "Okay, look, I've got power here. We'll we'll share my power out around to the various houses here and share the food, water, and medicine stuff." And he rebuilt his local community because he was prepared. But it doesn't mean people should say, "Ah, I know the blogs down the street is prepared, uh, so I'll I'll depend on him to help me." And because there's going to be a lot of people standing in line trying to do the same thing if they know that blogs has got you know survival or emergency prep stuff. But it, this would be the, the prudent way to prepare for whether it be an asteroid impact, a nuclear war, uh, uh, volcanic eruption, um, earthquakes. The prudent thing to do is to look at where you are in the United States particularly and say, is this a clever place to live? Is it a prudent place to live? And if it is, fine, just prepare yourself for the uh, you know, rebuilding that might be necessary after a major disaster around you somewhere. If you think you are living in an area that is prone to, you know, one of these four or five major disaster curves, then you might really give serious thought now more than ever before about changing your location, getting to a, a more prudent high ground place, uh, you know, where you can survive. Anyway, that's that's how I would see reacting to these. Um, yeah, I see that. While we still can, yeah, and then that that only makes sense. Uh, and some people might. Well, I, I know excuse or, or many. You know, my family. I got family here. I've got uh, my jobs here. I can't. I, I can't afford to relocate. You do the best that you can. I, I guess that that's the only way I can look at it. Um, you've got to you've got to prioritize, and then from there, you do the best that you can. And yeah. You know, yeah. you, you know, you you prepare for the worst, um, and and there's an element of prayer and faith involved as well. But preparation is, of course, of of, of critical importance. But but yeah, I, I get that. I yeah, you're, yeah, I get that. And by the way, folks, uh, prudent places. Uh, the CD there is absolutely an incredible asset. Uh, I would urge that go to sandale.com, Prudent Places USA, as well as Dare to Prepare and uh, uh, Garden Gold and others. I mean, it's it's just tr- tr- tremendous assets of wealth of information. Um, all right, yeah, it's it's amazing. Wow, okay. a, lot, a lot of things taking place. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. How long have we got till the break? We got about a, a minute, minute and a half. Okay. In a minute, minute and a half, uh, okay, slide 43, just for, you know, kind of its graphic uh, appearance, I thought it was really good to look at a picture they've created uh, from a 3D model of the magma pool underneath Yellowstone. If you click on that and uh, enlarge the picture, you can see these burning hot pockets of magma and how they've kind of just 
like a lava lamp, you know, they're just kind of gravitating up to the surface, kind of being pushed up by the heat, I guess. Um, as I say, it was just uh, a, a rather brilliant graphic representation of the area underneath it. This was done uh, back about uh, 2009, I think. Anyway, um, it uh, it is a, a, a great way to illustrate the threat down there and where it comes from and where it might go. I mean, I didn't realize it, uh, it dropped a thousand degrees Fahrenheit between, you know, that lower uh, part of the pool up to the top. So it's cooling as it goes, which will slow it down a bit, making its cost a bit higher. Anyway, um, so how was this later. done? Was this done by thermal, thermal imaging or, um, no, what they did was they took, um, well, they, they, they have the outline of the magma pool from their soundings that they do. And uh, and there are a number of ways that they do that different frequencies of uh, radiation they use to to determine this. But once they've determined the the outside, uh, you know, the, dia- the diameter, the actual surface contours of the the things here, they they created a program in a 3D imaging program which actually put that glob in there and they colored it and added sunlight to or you know a heat light to make it pop like that. So this is just recreating the data in a digital 3D form, which really uh, works. I mean, I, I like it. It even shows the, the levels of the dirt and rock going down there. You can see it from the surface all the way down into the lithosphere. Great stuff, anyway. Just, like, as a graphic artist, I kind of went, wow, that's neat. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is very neat, uh, Stan. And again, folks, we're looking at image 43. Stan, we're going to we're gonna skip the break. Um and just, right. continue. just for you, we're going to mm-hmm. skip the break. Okay, remember me saying a bit earlier about you know the sun being a bit irregular and whatever. Um, slide forty-two is an interesting read. Um, you're, you're getting to see a declassified uh, report under the Freedom of Information Act from FEMA, and, and they're talking about how to prepare and be aware of the solar EMP events. And that that works for nuclear bombs as well that uh, produce EMP pulses. If you go to this, it just tells you that since, uh, you know, um, whenever they did this document uh, originally, I think it was, uh, um, yeah, 2016, uh, that FEMA is definitely within its own organization trying to look at the, the threats of the EMP and what it, how society would react. If they're doing that, I'm thinking that's a good thing, but I think it's also a good thing for us to be able to read that report now uh, because they give a, a discussion on sunspot activity and uh, flares and CMEs and, you know, what we can expect will happen in society when that happens, and they're they're realizing that they can't get everyone, you know, help everyone. Sorry, that date that they published, this is 2010. I see that here now in the, in the document, just looking at it. It's worth looking at and having read, download that PDF and uh, read it to you know, later. Um, and uh, as far as the, if you're not totally familiar with the, the ring of fire and how volcanoes work and, you know, the subduction plates that are creating the volcanoes and earthquakes on our West Coast, if you're not totally familiar with that or would like to have a refresher course, um, item 41 is a, a link to a, a video, uh, and, and the video um, is a presentation by geologists trying to explain what forces are at work and how close some of those are to, to being a problem. 
I think it's uh, it's really uh, a good watch. So yeah, you might try that. And now here, this, fe- this FEMA report saying, I, don't, I, I mean, I know we you just mentioned it, but you know, I love uh, being able to to look over and read things like this. I remember when they released a, I believe it was the DHS and FEMA released a uh, threat assessment on the New Madrid fault line a few years back. That was a very interesting read as well, and if this is anything um, like that was, then this will be uh, something that you folks you will want to download uh, and bookmark and, and read later. Yeah, because it, it does yeah. have some information in here that you won't get anywhere else. Yeah, they they did redact some of it, but the majority of it they they released under the FOI request. Um, and again, this might be kind of a, a kind of sideways effort to warn people of what may happen, you know. And this is focusing, of course, their report on how it's going to affect the community, you know, and stability of the, of the nation as well. I think it's I think it's well worth having a look at. Um, there was an interesting thing here right underneath that 39. Um, there's a Jewish couple. Uh, they're the uh, third couple since, I think, uh, well, third couple in the last 2,000 years uh, that actually got married on the Temple Mount. I, I think that's just wonderful. And what they did was they risk, of course, getting uh, hassled or arrested by the Waq force, you know, the the Muslim police force up on the Temple Mount. And so they just wandered around. You can you can see in the in the video that they've got there uh, down about midway down the page. And you see the video of themselves just walking along, la, 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 in civilian clothes, not even in wedding gear, whatever. And then some guy turns around, and he happens to be a, 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 a celebrant or a priest to marry them. And uh, he performs the, the marriage thing. You see it on camera as though they were just tourists talking with each other, but they were actually filming the, the wedding, which I think was really showing a lot of, well, shall we say, chutzpah. It was, it was cool. Uh, I like to see the good guys win occasionally. See, I didn't, um, I was not aware that you, that I was reading this while you, when you, when you first came on, I saw the picture and saw that it was only the third time ever that this happened. And I didn't know that this was not allowed. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm interested to watch this video. Uh, but how you, you describe even, it makes you, it makes a lot of sense. Um, the Jewish people can't it. even go up there and pray on that area. They they they'd be arrested for that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's it's wow. it's a sticky situation there. But you know, I, as I say, I like to see the good guys win once in a while, and you know, kind of up your nose type uh, gesture there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lovely, really. lovely. Interesting. Ah. I, uh, Holly and I a few years back I visited um, the uh, Los Alamos uh, town there and then drove past the laboratory, didn't get in or anything like that but uh, this article here in, in slide 37 kind of caught my attention because of that um, and I don't know when this actually happened uh, what the date was for sure but uh, there was a, an accident uh, in Los Alamos in the laboratory and um a few of the technicians got together trying to, you know, compress the boss. Uh, and it was in August 2011. I don't know where the, I don't think that was uh, where we were at that time. But anyway, uh, they decided to uh, 
make a little album of the history of the Los Alamos, you know, research into radiation and the bombs and stuff like that. And they had a few uh, plutonium rods there that were, you know, used to, uh, uh, you know, test, uh, well, missile, you know, uh, warheads and things like that. And what they had, they were stored in different places around the lab there. And so these guys went around and grabbed a box of them here and a box of them there. And you see a picture of them uh, in the article. And they just look like, you know, cigar tube type things. Uh, they're probably a little bit bigger than that, but uh, not much. They're fat cigar tubes. And they started stacking these things up on a shelf there to take a picture of them and say, you know, these are rods of plutonium. Now, you can handle plutonium. You can pick up one of these things and it won't burn you or anything else, you know, this size. Um, but when you get a certain number, a certain mass of plutonium rods and you collect them together and, you know, hold them tight, you know, together closely, when you do that, uh, you run the risk of uh, the blue flash, which is the Cherenkov radiation that occurs when it goes critical mass and starts to have a chain reaction. Now, this happened in the very beginning, uh, you know, before the uh, Fat Boy bomb was dropped, uh, you know, over on China, Japan. This happened while they were at Los Alamos making the first bomb. And one of the guys in the lab accidentally knocked some of the plutonium uh, spheres they were working with close together at his workstation. And it, it became a fission reaction and this blue flash of light just, you know, hit him. Everybody else in the lab wasn't there. They were either, you know, behind lead shielding or they were out in the hallway. They didn't get blasted like him. Uh, when I say blasted, or irradiated. And, of course, he immediately realized what was happening and pulled the two spheres of plutonium apart and uh, separated them behind lead shielding to stop the reaction. But, of course, he was cooked through and through with radiation and died a couple weeks later, a horrible death. And that was the first time that they had such an accident there, uh, you know, in the... Uh, Manhattan Project. Well, now here you are at Los Alamos, which continues a lot of the research done in nuclear uh, physics today, and they just forgot. They didn't uh, know the safety precautions, and the head of the department, when they were putting these things together, 10 or 11 rods, suddenly realized, what are you guys doing? You know, he, she says, take them apart, don't get them close together, get them out of here. And she should have uh, told the entire uh, department to to evacuate the emergency protocol to get to safety because this thing might flash. And so they violated protocol by putting the rods together. They violated protocol by not getting everybody out of the way while they got them apart. Uh, and it, it, it's little accidents like this that can create a really big problem for us. Um, so I just thought it was, there were several interesting things. One, that you can handle plutonium, uh, you know, under a certain mass, toss it around, put it in your pocket, not a big deal. You know, if I can ask this, and, and I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember where I saw this. Uh, you know how you get kind of sucked into the uh, YouTube vortex of all of a sudden you're six layers deep in YouTube. Uh, there was yeah. a guy that that, that went, this guy that went around doing giving lectures and saying plutonium um, uh, won't hurt you. I, I think it was plutonium or uranium or. I don't know. He, he held a Geiger counter over it, and he he ate it. Okay, he, he actually. Oh well, yeah, 
but, but he said, I've been doing this for, I don't know, he, he's speaking at conferences, been doing this for a long time. And he said, I've never had, I mean, no radiation poisoning, nothing. How, how is that even possible? Um, and, and, and maybe that was, maybe I should have found out more about it, um, uh, to, to speak more authoritatively about it, but, uh, well, when you were watching it, when he put his Geiger counter up there, radiation detector, whatever, uh, did you, uh, hear any, uh, hiss from radiation at all? Oh, yeah, it was, you know, how they, how it clicks, right? The, the, he, he, he had this clicks, not a, not a lot of noise, right? Well, a lot of clicks, you know, I can't, I can't make a noise, but. Okay, alright, uh, like that, alright. You know, I don't know, yeah. Something that that you would see in a movie on a uh, Geiger counter. Okay, if that makes sense. The 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 thing that would worry me more uh, about eating plutonium dust would be it's a heavy metal intrusion into your body. I don't know how it would react with your your organs, but your body chemistry. I mean, like mercury, for instance, it never goes away. Mercury, you know, once you get it into your skin and your body, it's there. Um, And uh, lead. Okay, well. Lead poisoning, you know, does the same thing. So plutonium, uh, I don't think that, that was clever that he ate the dust, but hey, he was still well, there after years. Uh, for some reason, I, and, and again, I, I only caught because uh, I didn't have time to watch this nonsense. But for some reason, it was it was to prove that um, it was to prove. I believe this to be the case. It was to prove that the. Uh, lie about nuclear weapons. Uh, that seems to ring a bell. Um, but but I thought, wow, okay, so this guy's going around e- eating or handling plutonium that's radioactive. Yeah, there's a, a theory out there uh, that there is no such thing as a nuclear Yeah, weapon. whatever. Yeah, uh, I, I suppose there's some people at Hiroshima and Nagasaki might beg to differ. <laughs> as well as Tr- Chernobyl, Chernobyl, but... Um, yeah. Uh, whatever. It's but. just it's a matter of um, what happens is the atoms split. They they fission or fist, and they split off particles that uh, go in all directions around the atom in, in that plutonium rod. And uh, you know if they go outside the plutonium rod, uh, you know into you know air, space, whatever, they dissipate because they don't hit any other. Uh, plutonium atoms to chain react cause them to release you know more energy and it's a matter of the distance traveled by these little particles and so that's why they say you have to have a critical mass uh, say like a 10 pound ball of plutonium um, that when you put the two halves together that then says the distance from the the atoms in the very center to the outside is great enough that they will collide with X number of other atoms and cause them to split and emit particles in a chain reaction. And, of course, then the plutonium becomes a source of major radiation release and it uh, cooks, you know, living tissue around it. Uh, you know, a, a mini Chernobyl, if you wish. So the guy was right about the, you can handle the rods, but he was wrong about it saying that, that you know, that you, nuclear weapons and nuclear reactions are a fiction uh, as okay. you said I mean Nagasaki and Hiroshima are, are witness yeah. to that so. yeah and again I'm I'm probably taking this woefully out of context but I, I when I saw it I just thought it was kind of ridiculous uh, but, but it had me curious as to what the what the rub was there but okay okay 
we've done that. We've done that. Hmm. Um, slide 39. Uh, there's some interesting facts about this. It's called the, the Return of the Great Woolly Mammoth. And uh, it was a news story uh, that was on CBS. You can click on that link and see the pictures I've got from the, the show, you know, from the newsreel. Um, but it, it brought up an interesting thing in my mind. They are actually going to uh, clone a woolly mammoth by mixing part of the DNA they've recovered from, you know, a frozen mammoth bit and piece with a, a modern type of uh, elephant, uh, an Asian elephant. And with the two, they're going to produce a woolly mammoth. Now, if they do succeed in this, in my opinion, the, the clone will die. And probably fairly soon after it's uh, hatched out of the egg or however they're going to do it. Because of this, the woolly mammoth lived in a time when the Earth was uh, smaller in diameter than it is now, and gravity was about 30% stronger. And the woolly mammoth lived in a more compressed atmosphere and a more oxygen-rich uh, atmosphere. So if you clone the little guy now and he gets out and he thinks, oh, I can't breathe because the air is too thin, there's not enough oxygen, that's one thing that's going to get him. And, of course, he's built to exist in a much stronger gravity, so he's going to be overpowered, you know, with uh, muscle tissue and whatever. He's going to have to deal with that as well. They're, when they're uh, reviving ancient uh, animals with DNA, what they're doing is they're bringing those animals into our environment the way we are now, which is much different than it was, you know, when they were alive. So I just thought, well, okay, guys, uh, that's a neat trick. Uh, uh, woolly mammoth doesn't belong here. He belongs in a different time and age and size of the the earth. And it's just like the dinosaurs, you know. Uh, they would be out of place and would probably not be able to function well uh, in our environment. But, of course, this assumes that you agree that the earth has expanded to its present diameter from a former diameter and that the... Um, the oxygen level is uh, thinner and the atmosphere is thinner than it was in those times. But anyway, I just thought, what a waste of time and money it, it appears to me to bring back an extinct species into an environment that uh, he doesn't belong. I think we need to understand the genetic pattern of living things a lot better than we do now before we just start throwing pieces of it together in a, a double helix somehow or another and coming out with some kind of a creation. It's like in the days of Noah where they talk about, you know, the crossbreeding uh, that the uh, fallen ones were doing, not only between them and, and humans, but between animals and humans. They were creating uh, animal-human hybrids, and we're, we're on the verge of that now. I'm sure that it's been done, or at least thought of in the labs already, uh, but just not announced to the public, uh, you know, trying Who to figure out how the they one. the mapping. The big one when George Bush was president of the sheep, they had a name for it. It was a dolly. Dolly, dolly. dolly yeah. And and looking at, I don't know what image it is that Eric has up there, but it reminds me of uh, what they did with Jurassic Park, um, or the, the the way that they tried to explain it in Jurassic Park, yeah. where they you know take some part of the DNA and then uh, you know recreate it in a way that it can it can grow inside of a inside of a you know of a cell or an embryo and, and turn into an ant. It just doesn't make sense to me that that's a safe or smart thing to do. Well, I agree. And, and the, the, you know, 
We don't know what various parts of this do to the animal. It might make blue eyes or long tusks or whatever, but you've got to factor this into the environment that that animal is going to come into. I don't think we know enough about it yet to do that accurately. Um, you know, I, it's a nice yeah. kind of science fiction plot. That's about it. Well, if they're publicly uh, talking about doing this with an animal like a woolly mammoth, what are they secretly doing? behind the scenes with this kind of technology too. I think that needs to be taken into consideration. Yeah, it's rather, yeah, rather I, freaky. I just, I keep thinking of uh, the, the, and the people who watched the Seinfeld episode will remember the episode of the pig man. And, and, but, but having said that, uh, not to make light of this, I, I just, how Stan, how far along are we in that process uh, do you believe? Uh, uh, good Lord only knows. I mean, I yeah, I, they're not going to tell yeah. us, as you said. And this kind of stuff is really what really creates um, a uh, backlash from the uh, Bible-supporting wow. community, Jewish and Christian. It's just uh, yeah, anathema it should be. It, it, it's it's wow. Well, the, the evil of man. Um, just astounds me. See, we don't have the blueprint. We don't have the the blueprint for the planet and the life forms how they work together. It's not just one life form. It's one life form in the great chain of being on this planet. Uh, everything is a program here that and they all all the subroutines, which are animals and humans and whatever insects, all these have to work together to perform their function in the whole planetary, you know, program. And we don't have that. And we're poking around in there, and you know, I think we should leave that to the one who created the program, you know, for Earth, <laughs> our Creator. Amen. Uh, hey, remember? Yeah, uh, very well said. Well, yeah. Now back over to uh, Atlantis for a quick section out here. Uh, I was watching um, Unearthed, I think, some of the programs on the, 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 uh, the dish somewhere, and they had a segment on Stonehenge and some stuff I'd never seen before. They showed, and if you look at the image 36, I think it is, let me just see, is that 30, 34, image 34? Um, when you look at that, I, I have a overhead picture of Stonehenge, and in the documentary I was watching, they said, and this ring uh, has blue stones in it. And sure enough, they had like a blue, I forget the name of the stone, but anyway, they had to get it from a quarry a long way away. And it was a ring of blue stones inside the main outside ring of Stonehenge. And I thought, wow, that could represent water. And then I thought, well, hmm, surely not. Surely this doesn't match the Atlantis, you know, Poseidon's island dimensions. And so I drew a, a circle, a yellow circle, around the center of Stonehenge, showing the the size of Poseidon's island. And then I created those old yellow circle overlays there, which were the rings uh, on Poseidon's island, alternate uh, water and dirt. And uh, sure enough, uh, the blue stones formed the outer water thing. And there, there may have been others in the middle that are no longer there, but uh, all those dimensions match the ratio exactly of what uh, Plato described about Poseidon's island. just thought it was an interesting kind of comparison. Um, there's even uh, to the upper right of the image there, Stonehenge, uh, there's even room to allow a pathway uh, which could have been
Fantastic. Sam, did you see, um, uh, I know we didn't talk about this, we barely mentioned it in the beginning of the show, did you see the military plane that crashed that uh, killed 16 uh, I read about it, Marines but, but in, one in particular. Well, uh, they don't have, um, they haven't released a, a reason for the crash, and uh, some are speculating that it exploded in midair to, it was an engine failure, but from what I'm reading, the C-130s, they call them basically, you know, airborne tanks. And I didn't know um, if you had heard anything or saw anything about uh, this crash that made it different or interesting or uh, would point well, to... Well, not yet, anyway. Um, you know, it's pretty unusual for a C-130 to have that much problem. Um, they've been a workhorse for some time now. Um, you know, transport, huge transport. Why? I mean, what were they carrying on board with the guys? I don't know. But they had explosives. Uh, they had, uh, and also fuel from. Um, they were carrying ammo, um, and they had uh, 15 Marines, one Navy man, and there was some other things going on with it too. I don't have all the the facts in front of me. Yeah. Well, well okay. Well, that certainly um, is uh, a possibility that someone sparked or detonated uh, one of the explosives and that triggered the fuel and everything else to go up. Um, you know, I don't even know whether we need to know that. It's one of the things that uh, they want to try to prevent in the future, obviously, but um, too much detail to the public. It's uh, kind of like loose lips sink ships to, to me in this time. Yeah. Well, you know, I just, uh, with all the, the the BS about, you know, Donald Trump and Russia and Trump Jr., to see this um, 16 U.S. servicemen get, basically get a barely any mention on the, the mainstream media, you know, compared to yeah. those other stories, it was kind of disappointing. And just wondered well, if you had heard anything or read anything that struck you. No, I, that. I have to admit I've been a little bit uh, busy on a couple of projects here with, uh, you know, uh, alternate energy and a uh, um, couple of things here, a couple of projects on the go, which is kind of focus my attention on that. You know, that uh, that FEMA report, you know, was what to do regarding the threat of solar EMP events, but certainly the nuclear ones from crazy, you know, Kim Jong-un, whatever. Yeah. If he explodes a device over the United States anywhere, you know, say 100, 200 miles high, his EMP effect will be, you know, almost nationwide. And so that means that we need to have ways of getting power returned to the community rather quickly. And that's why, you know, my research team, uh, we're spread, you know, all over the, the planet at the moment, but why we have uh, pushed our our deadlines ahead, or, you know, to, you know, hopefully before September. We're trying to get a workable, viable, alternate energy thing that people can uh, use uh, using low-tech Components, in other words, not semiconductors that can be clobbered by an EMP, which would then uh, be able to give people power. Uh, we know we can, you know, several hundred watts, we can do that. That's not a problem. What we're trying to do now is figure out how to increase the amount of energy from the uh, solar wind, uh, you know, vibrating the atmosphere. We're close. Um, and uh, one of uh, the other members of my team is one of your faithful listeners, and uh, he's really been working hard getting stuff ready. We're Designing some new parts now then for it, and uh, we uh, we have another guy in Austin and uh, uh, one in Australia that's not too active at the moment, one in Canada. Um, that we're all kind of contributing 
really exciting. Um, and I hope we, we do get it finished in time for folks. Uh, that's why we have that uh, Dale Energy or Alternate Energy Project uh, for funding. We're trying to speed up our, uh, our project, but we need to put a little bit extra money into it to do that. We've been doing it on our own, you know, so Sounds anyway. Cool. We're getting a lot of interest. There's, there's, gosh, uh, we put that uh, link up there to get people to donate to it. And that's without any return or anything else like that, just to, to help the project along. And we've already reached a third of the goal, uh, you know, so it's, it's encouraging. So, so what's your, what's your end game objective with that? It, it just humor me and I apologize for, for the, for the energy side of the yeah, project. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to uh, make this, uh, we're going to, package it so that it's uh, safe, that the circuit is safe, um, and uh, tell people how to be safe when they're playing with the high voltage. And, uh, you know, we're designing, uh, well, Tim is, he's he designed the um, uh, the uh, circuit for grounding so that should lightning strike our, our energy antenna, that it will not destroy the whole project. It'll shunt that lightning strike to, to ground away from our, our system. Uh, this is the fact that it's a high voltage thing is a safety issue and that's why we're being careful with that but we are going to let people have it you know the the concept and so they can do it themselves or they can have us make one for them Um, it's not something that we're going to to patent or anything like that energy independence basically is what you're saying or yeah yeah we won't be able to be able to have electricity so we're not all the way back in the stone age but the same CME hits or EMP hits or yeah or a nuclear one as well um, and that's all I mean we know these things are coming and uh, whether from uh, warfare yeah. or whether from the sun I'll say this I'll put my money on Stan Deo any day of the week in terms of his projects you know um, because he, you know what you're doing and you've got the experience well wow. oh, I got you fooled don't I <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> you, you know, uh, you, you've done it again. You've taken us to the end of the program, Stan. I just, I can't believe how quickly these hours go. I really, this has been a fascinating hour. Well, there's, really there's still more for people to look at on the show images page. Um, we're doing the best we can, and we're being very encouraged. Actually, with the energy thing, we, we think we may be able to put it underground as well. Wow. Okay. Wow, a lot of work left. Something to check. <laughs> wow, that, that that's okay. No, I, that piqued my interest. Wow. Okay, underground. Yeah, it'll be safer out of sight there. Uh, our Canadian for, association for up there uh, has been able to get about oh, I forget was it three hundred and fifty to six hundred volts constantly out of it when it was buried in the ground. So okay. Wow, very interesting. We'll, we'll keep us posted, and, and standeo.com is the place to go, and, and they can get information about that. Right oh, yeah. There, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's where we'll post on that website. Very good. All right. All right, brother, guys. Uh, tell Holly we, we said thank you for sharing you with us and okay. uh, your your kids, of course. Uh, give your kids a hug. i I got to say, Lady of the Studio Dog, it's her birthday today, so... You know. Oh, happy birthday! Yeah, that's worth a couple extra bickies. Yeah, that's right. That's right, indeed. <laughs> but uh, God bless you, my friend. Thank you God so much. You. Next week, guys. Bye bye.
All right. Wow, that'll do it. And uh, folks, uh, oh, Craig Sawyer was on Infowars today. Craig Sawyer uh, was on Infowars. Send him a, a note or uh, uh, let him know you heard about his appearance on the Hagman Report. Um, very interesting uh, time. He was on with uh, uh, Leo Zagami, I believe, at the same time. But anyway. And folks, if you're still on standout.com, check out the photo of the day. It's a pretty good photo titled, The Profound Differences Between Two Presidents. Interesting indeed. Great picture of the photo of the day on standout.com. Well, thank you to Jack Pasobic, to Brandon House, and to Standale. Uh, they were our guests tonight, and all three of them did fantastic interviews, very informative interviews. And thanks and each and every one of you for, for your kindness and for your help and your assistance and your belief and your support, your prayers, your word of mouth for all of that. So go ahead. We'll Take be back tomorrow. Have a good night.